good evening, one and all. It's only anything but a one bloody podcast, episode 75. Welcome, 75. Um, sorry, I burped then. I'll carry on anyway. <clears throat> we'll just pretend Merrick's back on the scoop. I don't know if it's on the stream. But um, there was an episode, wasn't there, where we, I remember we started and it was like, I said, hello everyone, welcome. And then I just remember this massive burp from Merrick. Anyway, <laughs> maybe I'm just, I'm 12 oh. Oh, good times. <laughs> I'm I'm here as always, mostly. Um, I I'm because I am the only one who has the secret vaccine for COVID nineteen, and I made these guys stay in my podcast for the next hundred years at least, uh, and then I shall give it to them and, and their ancestors. Um, but who else is with me here today? <laughs> what about our descendants? Uh, no, you can't have those. It's just it's your ancestors or nothing. <laughs> I realise as I said I it, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell so, about practice. The last episode, so, the six and a half hour one, killed me. Okay, I've got nothing left. I'm I'm going on working on fumes here. So, ba- oh, so basically, we have we have to create a time machine, give it to our ancestors, so we're immune. Got it. Yes. Speaking of time machines, uh, I've started reading a new series of books, and it's fucking awesome. And it's called The Chronicles of Saint Mary's, and it's my mum recommended it to me. So you know, you know, you know, it's good when you get a book recommendation from your mum. But actually, okay. it's actually really good because it's about a bunch of historians who have a time machine, and they uh, they have to collect data for secretive clients about secretive periods of history. So they just go to bits of history and try and le- learn stuff and try and figure stuff out without actually ruining the world. And it's actually really good. I'm really enjoying it. So. Nice. Anyway, 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 we're going to talk about books later on. Who else is here? You mystery voices. We don't know who you are. Yeah, Matt Nightwing here as always. And Nascob. Hello, Nascob. Hello, Matt Nightwing here as always. We are on episode 75. Um, 75, obviously, excluding the infinite sets, there are 75 uniform polyhedra. So obviously, if I don't need to explain that to you guys. Um, though, of course, I'm, you know, before you write in, there are 76 uniform polyhedra if edges are allowed to coincide, but only then. Apart from that, there are 75, so it's a nice little factoid for you. We are going to talk about a few things today. So you have probably listened to the last episode, or at least you've looked at the length of it and gone, uh-huh. we cannot, we're not going to talk about exactly the same stuff as last time. And I'm sorry for the break, but we had to. We thought six and a half hours is probably enough. I know someone okay, on Facebook so who said... Hands um, up. Which of us has actually listened to the entirety of that podcast? No. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I haven't done it. I, I wasn't sit through it all. Live. Uh, no, so am I the only no, one that bothered? Can I well can I just say I'm the only one who was actually recording for all of it, so I kind of figured I was due a break. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I used to listen to them when I had a long commute because I had an hour in and an hour out, sometimes more. And so I'd go, okay, I'll listen to it in one day I could listen to most of an episode. And now my commute is 25 to 30 minutes, so it would take me fucking forever, over a week of commuting to listen to that episode. And I thought, you know what, I just haven't got the energy. I'm just going to post it up. And if someone <laughs> says, Alex, you know you've got 20 minutes of silence in the centre, then I'll re-edit it and I'll submit it again like I've done last time. <laughs> so, I, uh, yes, I have not listened to it, but I have edited it. And for those of you Logic Pro fans out there who enjoy this sort of thing, when I was editing it, I actually colour-coded all of the audio sections and everything. Um, see, and you guys try if you've used Logic Pro you try try editing a six and a half hour podcast episode with 24 individual sections with three vocal tracks each and make sure it's all in time and works that's a lot of fun I mean I really really want to scream nerd but that seems a pot, pot kettle situation at that point so <laughs> I know we were all... so, alright just to put things in context so I am I have now moved out of Casa Nazgob and I'm currently living in the house that I grew up in. And 
This is only a temporary situation, which is probably for the best, because me and my dad might end up killing each other. But I'd meant, <laughs> told my mum, oh, you know, I'm, I'll, I'm disappearing for the evening, so I'm going to go and record. I'll record what? I'll record the podcast. Okay. So you're going to spend two hours talking about Blood Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> Did she go, no. you're not still playing that stupid board game, are you, Nesco? <laughs> <laughs> I threw away your toys it, when you were to, 16. To her credit, I did turn around and say, okay, well, could you spend two hours talking about lace? And the answer was yes. So I feel I proved my point. But did you did you is say... There, there, um, hang on, is there, is there a gap in the market for a lace podcast? <laughs> you know, I doubt there's that, there are that many lace podcasts because most of the people who make lace appear to be... Uh, I'm going to go with 50 and above. Guys, we're branching out. <laughs> uh, welcome to the <laughs> very first... Lace. <laughs> Uh, anything but uh, oh, I'm trying to think of pun I can't think of any damn it oh hem hemny thing but a one hem is a hemming a I don't know no it's a bit weak sorry that's weak well I'll, uh, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll bring us uh, back sort of on target I do believe with my expert knowledge of uh, you know Games Workshop history and all that I'm fairly sure that Games Workshop's uh, first like HQ was in the lace market in Nottingham. Nice. Wow. Well, there we go. Like, I mean, uh, like we've been I herded could, back on topic. I could, I could be making that up, but I vaguely remember hearing that. I shall choose to believe you. Yeah. Excellent. Let's go. Let's go with that. Yeah. Well, um, good. I'm glad we are back on topic. So let's talk about what we're talking about. Um, we have got a few topics. Firstly, we're going to talk about there's this thing, Blood Bowl 2020. We might have. We might have brushed on it last episode. I can't remember. <laughs> um, a wee bit, yeah. But in the last couple of days, uh, we have had an announcement that the box set is, has got a, a date in quotes, the date being a month. I'm sure that's how it works. Uh, I don't yeah. think there's been a specific date unless I missed anything. There has not, though. It just said November. So, you know, interesting. That's the typical Games Workshop thing, though, isn't it? There'll be nothing, and then they'll say, oh, it's here tomorrow. And everyone goes, oh, Apple does the same sort of thing. Um, yeah, it sucks. We're talking about that. But what doesn't suck is the box, potentially. So we're going to talk about the contents of the box that we've seen, uh, what we know is there, because it's, I mean, it's, it looks like quite a good box, I have to say. But we'll get onto that in a sec. We're going to be talking Fumble, because we are all competing in the European. That's coming up soon. The tournament that has moved online because of the pandemic, another thing you may have heard about. Yep. Uh, we're talking briefly the Secret League that we're all in, because we're all having a lot of fun with that, <coughs> most of us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we are also going to talk about Troll Slayer, the book which we were doing for the book club last time, and then we kind of got sidelined a bit. So we're actually finally, finally, finally going to talk about that. And lastly, we're, we've actually got a flipping, bloody flipping blood blusters lined up and everything, and it wasn't even created by us. It was created by a fan of uh, of the podcast. We do have at least one. And his name is uh, his, his name is Alfred. Thanks very much, Alfred. I think his nickname is Icterus, but I could be wrong. Our, our favourite sort of bloodbusters, where we don't have to do any work towards it. Mm. And some of the questions might be reasonable, which is good. It makes a change from the questions we all write, which is all which is all just random stuff. Like, um, what is the third middle name of the second child of the second person who wrote the third Blood Bowl book? Yeah, who's, that's who's, what it feels like to me anyway. Yeah, who's who's taller, Jordel Freshbreeze or Hubis Rackarth? <laughs> See, that's actually <laughs> I think that's interesting fluff. But then I'm just a nerd. So let's go straight into the into the juicy into the juicy the flesh of this fruit. Uh, let's have a look. Where is it? So the Blood Bowl 2020 or Blood Bowl Season Two or Blood Bowl whatever it's called was Second Season Edition. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it's called now. 
has been um, has been announced properly. So it's gone, hey, this is the box set, and this is all the gubbins you can get in it. So I have a picture of it in front of me here. There's a little interesting video, because I was there I was there watching the live Twitch stream, which was quite fun to be a part of, to be honest. Um, uh, it, yeah. Were, were you watching it as well, Matt? Uh, I, I was until I was like, when are you going to get onto the fucking Blood Bowl? I've got better things to do. <laughs> well, I only joined in at like two minutes to two, because that's when I knew they were doing the Blood Bowls. So I was able to only watch it for the bit I was interested in and then promptly fuck off. That's uh, sensible. Yes. Yeah. So, Sadly, I completely missed it, so uh, I just had to catch up later. I was, I was, I was going to say, I was, I was updating Naz on uh, Messenger. <laughs> yes. Well, 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 well. So we're not going to discuss the rules because we've done that a little bit already. But instead, let's talk about what you get in the box. So we knew, we knew there was going to be teams and we knew that they were going to be Blackhawk and they were going to be uh, human imperial nobility That's yeah and called, isn't it? Uh, and with all the leaked stuff we'd seen pictures of a lot of the models mm. but we actually um, got fully confir- confir- confirmation on some of them in particular which is very yes. exciting indeed yeah absolutely so I mean to compare in the Blood Bowl 2016 edition you got a human team uh, and you got an orc team with no big guys just the little guys I suppose um, two sprees of each if I remember right you got the balls, you got the dice, you got the ruler, you got the rules, and I think that was pretty much it. Yes, and it yeah. was um, not not enough positionals uh, in in either team to actually work. But it was okay. I mean, you got enough to keep going, and it was yeah, yeah not yeah. too expensive either. I mean, for the price that you paid, I was relatively happy with what you get. I don't know about yeah, you guys. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was agreed. Right. Yeah, agreed. Now, in this one, I don't think we have a price point yet, but. You get two. They say complete blood ball teams. I guess that does that mean you get all the positionals? I don't actually. I've not checked whether you get all the positionals. It, 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 yes, you do. You do. Yes, you do. Which is awesome to start with. Uh, both the and that, that includes each team having a big guy, which is brilliant. So you have a troll and an ogre in the box, which is awesome. I it's, think anyway. It it is apart from I hate the troll model. Oh, the yeah, troll is one of their weaker it. models. Yeah. There's there's no two ways about it. It is just unfortunate. But I like the fact that you get the troll model, even if the model itself looks yeah. a bit naff. I I, abs- I absolutely approve of big guys coming with the set because it's it's one less additional thing you have to buy. Basically, yeah. it, it is a yeah. You've got everything in there. You can play with what's in there, and not need to get anything addition for either team. Which is great. Yes. And yeah. not only do you, you actually get extra stuff as well. So you do, yeah. We, we, we've got more models. You get flipping Griff Oberwald and Varag Gulchua, star players. You do, Which yes. is awesome. Again, because typically at the moment, if you want, like for Blood Bowl 2016, if you want Varag and you want Griff, off you pop to Forge World, mate, and you're going to be spending 40, 50 quid probably, because I can't remember how much they are, 20 quid each or something stupid like that. It is a worryingly large amount of money, actually. Yes. It is, yes. So you're paying a lot and you're getting not a massive amount for it. Uh, in my opinion. But the fact that they come here means at least you're not going to be forking out shitloads for two figures from Forge World. And they're actually pretty cool models. The Griff one is brilliant. I absolutely love it. I, I really like oh. the Griff one. I'm less I... crazy about Varag, but Griff Okay, Griff so let's great. let's go into this a bit more. So I I really like the Griff model, apart from the weird bird. The weird bird is weird, but I kind, I kind of get it with Griff. I mean... Fuck it, it's so. it's Griff. If he wants if he wants to practice his falconry while he's playing Blood Bowl and still be a fucking champion, crack on. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that the bird has two medals is quite cool. I sort of love that, yeah. But I suspect, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb here and make a guess. I reckon there will be a 
eagle-less griff arm you can put on him. That's my uh, guess. To be honest, I'll just snip it. Well, you just chop it off because it looks like it's attached by a single bit of thread. It's a bit like the whole, um, the bloody, what do you call it? Um, the fucking hats. The last the griff you could have with a hat or without a hat. A helmet yeah, or no yeah. helmet. Yeah, yeah, this seems yeah. like a bigger thing you should be able to choose, you know? Yeah. Also, his helmet is huge. Have you seen how big his eagle helmet I is? Love, I love his huge helmet. Well, the but thing it's is, cool. The thing is, he's always had a huge helmet. Phrasing? I was going to say that. How much do you love his huge helmet, Matt? <laughs> Tell us more about his huge helmet. It's great. It's great. <laughs> That's a two-hander at least. Hey, hey, it's, hey, it's, got, it's got wings on. <laughs> yeah, I reckon if you're going to be careful, you could snap that helmet in half. Uh, but it's a. And do you know what? Do you know what, folks? Games Workshop model designers. I I think you've done brilliantly here because I'm, I say as if I have any. It's like I, I have any gravitas in this. But I should use this very small, very small podium that I have. I've built here over five years, which is on, which yeah. is barely. Dis- it's got both feet on the ground. Yes, it has, and I love it that. Has, it's holding Absolutely. the ball and in that a is sensible a good way. It has the ball in a sensible way. And just without having without having to run and look stupid, he still looks dynamic and interesting, and he looks like a blood bowl player, and he yeah. looks fucking cool. You look yeah, at that I, and you go, "This guy looks awesome." Yeah, I really, I, yes. really, I really like the Griff. I think he looks great. Um, like I said, I'm I'm less crazy about the Varag. Well, let's let's have a look at Varag. Firstly, has he okay, got so the ball? Varag has some issues. He doesn't Varag have the ball. That's a good sign. He's not holding the ball anymore. Well done. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. But. I mean, let's count how many feet he's got on the floor, shall we? Uh, <laughs> well, we've got one. Oh, there we go. End well, of counting. I go with half. Half a foot. Half he's, tu- foot. he's touching yeah. a toe on the floor, but he is her foot up, which just looks dumb. This sort of half running pose, I've always thought just looks a bit shit. I don't, I don't know if you guys agree. But it's, I agree, yeah. It looks like they're... It may take a photo of somebody who's running. It doesn't look very exciting or dynamic because that's just not how it looks. That's why when you see photographs of people walking on newspapers or whatever like for posing they always lift their leg up a lot higher than they would normally because it looks more interesting so people walking and running just doesn't look very exciting and so trying to recreate that pose just makes them look a bit a bit weird whereas two feet on the ground looking powerful fucking yes if he had both feet on the ground right now I'd be like this model is fucking awesome yeah, yeah also it's... he's got a zombie on his back and not a ghoul what's that all about should be a ghoul uh, is that not a ghoul it's a zombie isn't it uh, uh, it's a ghoul. It's, a ghoul. Oh, it's a absolutely ghoul? Yeah. a ghoul. The whole point is he is a ghoul chewer. He oh, is yeah. chewing that ghoul. Oh, fair enough. Okay, I'll shut up then. I thought it was a zombie. They painted it green. That's why it confused me. I was like, ghouls aren't green. Why ghouls are green? <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say that entirely depends on your preference. I'm going to shut absolutely, up and fuck yeah. off. So ignore me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Go on, tell us about your opinions on the model, Naz. Uh, it, he's. To be honest, you basically nailed it. It's just my biggest problem with both of them is the extra bits. Like. I quite like the model itself. It's just, why has he got a ghoul strap to his back? It's it, it, that doesn't look chewer. good. I think it's the. I, I think for me, it's. I don't. I don't like the pose with the with the kind of half a foot on the ground. But also, I think there's just a bit too much going on around the torso that I don't like with the the massively oversized horns, which I don't like, and then the. <laughs> And yes. then the, ran- the random spike on the back with a ghoul on is sort of a nice touch, but with the massive horns at the front, I don't know. It just doesn't. Yeah, do- doesn't. It, it doesn't work for no, me either. No. Don't worry. It, it doesn't work for me either. I completely agree with you. I do. I, I'm on the same page with you with a ghoul. It's a bit much. Yeah, that's, that's and it's the same thing with the eagle. It's basically the same thing with both of them. It's just kind of a. Why is that there? What does that actually achieve? But then I will, I will, I will draw your attention to the old Varagulture in 2016, 
I'm looking at him again now, and he was he was fucking shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm googling him to think. Do I remember what he looks like? If you remember, he had a big weird punch bike that was like really flat. He had a ball for some reason, but it, and it was like it was the shape of a squig, which is interesting. And he he was looked like he was tripping over. He was, the last one was rubbish. I'm sorry, whoever sculpted it. I really yeah, don't mean that was, to upset you. He, he was looking at it. He was a bad, he wasn't great. bad old model. Yeah, and he was a big old hunk of cash as well. <laughs> so yeah. he is he is a vast improvement. Uh, I'd forgotten that he was expensive. Yeah, yeah. Is. So I think if you chop off all of his accoutrements, because again, look at look at that. I'm sure there'll be a way to not include the ghoul on a stick. You just don't glue it on. And if you took that off and you shot shortened the sort of antlers he's got for some reason, again, he'd look great. But I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to mimic the because you know how they're changing all the names of all of their their races to like Oryx and Eolves yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatever. Yes. The Oruk models, from what I know, the ones with armor and stuff, ha- have got big fucking antlers and they all look kind of this ridiculous size. So I think that's probably... They're trying to recreate that, maybe? I'm looking at them now. Where are the Oruks? Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't fit in. If you look at the other Black Orcs in the box set, they they look fine. And yeah, this is where it gets a bit weird because the normal Black Orcs look awesome. And then you look at the savage Oryx and they look ridiculous. And then you look at Baragulchua and you think, would he would he be closer to a black orc or would he be closer to a to a, a, a an Oryx from Warhammer's Sigma land or whatever it's called? Ex- exactly, yeah, yeah. And it's hard to completely complain about that because actually, the game is going to develop, and I, I get that they want to move things towards their, you know, they want all of their uh, fluff to be the same. Yeah, but, uh, but but that's not Blood Bowl. Yeah, and the thing is, Blood Bowl has never it, Blood Bowl was never really set in the old world because it didn't make sense. <laughs> it was what? kind of set in a weird <laughs> Blood Bowl universe. It, yeah, it was it, nearly it was, made sense. It was exactly that. It was in its own weird Blood Bowl universe uh, that was similar to the old world, but where you know a, a bunch of Chaos Warriors turning up in. Um, you know, Altdorf to play Blood Bowl was fine. Whereas in the, in, <laughs> in, in the actual fancy old world, that would not have been fine. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, it's, as you say, it's progressing, but it's, it, hey, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. I, I'm, I, do we overall then, do we give, do we give him the thumbs up? Uh, or what, not? Eh. What, Varag? Yeah. What do we oh, say? I don't give him the thumbs down. I think thumbs down. I think thumbs down. See, so like everything else in the in the team is brilliant. Yeah, mm. he just is not. Yeah, but he's, he's, doing... he's the weak point in that team. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. If you could strip off that ghoul, I'd be really happy with him. Well, I'm I'm looking more at him, and I'm I'm looking at, and this is, I suppose, the problem. I'm looking at why we'll change about the model. I'll take away the ghoul because he looks dumb. I'll take off the stupid front antlers thing because they look stupid. If I could get him on both feet somehow. I think this would be an <laughs> awesome model. Um, that might be asking too much. This, yeah, there's little things about it which I really like. So, for example, I think this might be one of the first times. If you look at his his, his left hand, his punch bike hand, he's actually holding the handle for the punch bike. And I think that's really cool because you don't see that much. You see them with yeah, like a clenched quite fist. A nice touch. And that's, I like seeing that because it's these little things yeah, yeah. that make yeah. the costume more exciting. But I also, I don't know if you feel the same. If you've painted the orcs from the BB-16 edition... Um, the fact that they're just covered in lots of random plates, for me, made them a pain in the ass to paint. 
because you think, okay, right, I've painted this one plate. Oh, here's another plate. Oh, here's another plate. I'm going to highlight this. And you end up spending four hours on each fucking guy painting these stupid little plates, which just look stupid anyway. And he's got a lot of plates on him, this guy. Yeah, I think it's... In, in, term, in terms of the, the orc teams, like, for me, Black Orcs look great. Goblins look amazing. But sadly, Vareg and the Troll, meh. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, shall we... You know what I think we're all going to agree on, though? Go on. Do you know what? You also get two referee models. Oh, I, I fucking love that dwarf referee. I knew you Yeah, that, that guy is quite cool. Yeah. I, I do as well. I thought, I looked at him and went, Matt's going to love this guy. It's just so cool. It's that, so, that it's, is, it's a very, he's a very dwarfy dwarf. And I yes, like that. They should be as wide as they are tall almost. And he almost is. And it looks like, it looks awesome. So yeah, you get two refs. Um, <clears throat> a dwarf and an elf, which is always nice. Uh, so the dwarf is, he's like this little stout fella covered in books and he's got a whistle and he's giving the sort of foul ball symbol with his hand sticking out and he's halfway through yeah. blowing the whistle. And again, yeah, it's a dynamic pose and he's on both feet on the ground and it looks brilliant. Yeah, and I and I kind I quite like the elf as well. Yes, I like the elf too. So he's holding a quill. He's got a big parchment. I guess he's writing infractions he's, he's, or something. He's, he's showing a red card. And he has a big red card above him and he looks stern and he looks like a proper elf and he's got a little fancy belt buckle. I think these referees look fucking brilliant. Yeah, they they look very good models. I like those. Very nice. Yes, I I think as it, it they actually make me think of the Blood Bowl uh, books because there is a refereeing tr- uh, duo in there called Black and White, and one is an elf and one is a dwarf, and they just ah. fit nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Maybe yeah. that's where they took inspiration from. It could well be because I suppose if you're looking at it, if he's got the book on his back, the dwarf, the elf could in theory be writing on the book, couldn't he? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. I like that. See, this is the sort of stuff we like. I mean, however, I will say I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to have them because they're just cool. But from a sort of tournament league play perspective, they'll probably never leave my house <laughs> because they I just think, never no, do. Of course not, because why would you ever use them? Yeah, I think I think they're, you might maybe use them as tokens or something. Um, you could use them as bribes, yeah. actually, couldn't that you? Oh, that's a very good idea. Get, it? Yes, I'll yeah. use them as bribes instead. No, good idea. I've, I've changed my mind. I will take them out. There you go, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so there they are. I think they're very cool. Um, you get the the pitches. Ooh, have you seen the double sided pitch? Have you seen the other the, the other side uh, of it? Yes. yes. Yeah. That's cool, isn't it? it. Yeah. So the first side of the pitch is grass. Fair enough. And they've still got the trap doors, I suppose. You know, good, whatever. Um, but they've also got the they've got the the double sided rocky astro granite. Was it the third edition pitch that looked a bit like that, or like the old one, yes. the big yeah, uh, chunky the one? The first edition was it? And it, those of you who've played yeah. the black box on Fumble will recognise that graphic probably quite a lot because it's the same one or very similar. And it just that's what you want, isn't it? You don't want a greenish brown one and you flip it and you get a brownish green one. Well, and the, and the thing is, uh, very clear. Yeah, it's it's very clear, and you can actually see the squares, which has been an issue on some of the GW pitches. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Yeah, <laughs> which don't, mean... don't give up. They they've looked amazing, but like the the dark elf one particularly. Looked amazing. Could not see for shit where the actual squares were. <laughs> the Astro Granite one looks a bit squeaky in the middle where the skulls are because they stop the the lovely square pattern and the dots kind of blend in with the grid. But yeah, I, yeah. You know, we can probably mm. figure it out. But apart from that, it's okay. Yeah, so I, I, I think I think that would be right. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can we also mention that the the little redesign of the dugouts is quite pleasant? They've yes, done a little more is. effort onto yeah. it. Yeah, that's quite cool. You've got like a big bunch of balls in one of them. You've got a, a goblin on a stretcher looking dead. That's quite cool. That still it's, yeah, yeah it's just a nice, nicely laid out 
um, dug out of things. So yeah, not bad. I, what I like in the in the Astro Granite one is so in in, in the in the grass one. The uh, dead and injured box has a coffin, which is always fun. And then the Astro Granite one, it's just got a like a, a trap door that's open with a bloody streak leading from it, which I think the idea of just chucking a corpse down the hole, I think it's quite funny. Yeah, and that very much quite, fits in the blood nice bowl aesthetic, yeah. you know. Nice little touches like that. Are they still upside down, though? Oh, no, are they... Wait, which uh, way around? Oh, they're still upside down. Still upside down, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Because the idea is you lay them side by side, and you're, you'd want the turn markers to be... I always thought they'd be next to the pitch, if that makes sense. But this one, you you lie them against it. You've got the arrow showing the direction in, and then the 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 turn marker is on the outside. Or maybe that hmm. uh, maybe that would be okay actually. No, well the the turn marker would be on the outside, but the score marker is nearest to the pitch. I think that's fine. Maybe that'd be all right it? actually. Yeah, we'll have to look at it. Yeah, maybe that's all right. But the fact as well that you've only got one turn marker makes so much sense. Why do you need two sets of turn markers? It's just. Kind of, this is a better bit of design. First half, second half, but I know what you mean. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I think it's good. That's good, that's good, that's good. Uh, you also get a lovely big hardback rule book, which is quite exciting. Hmm. Yes. Um, because yep. this is a floppy... We, I was going to say, the, the rule book we've pretty much discussed because we, we know what's in it and we've discussed Although it. Although not the star players. This is true. This is true. I, I don't have the energy to do that today. <laughs> no, no, no. However... We'll, we'll... That, do we, that's, that's a treat for next time. Do we also think, though, just very quickly, going back to Varric, because he's strength five now. Does he look like... Was he always strength five? No, strength four, wasn't he? If you look at Varric, does he, he looks, does he look strength five to you? I think he looks strength five to me. He's been um, buffed out a bit, hasn't he? I, depend, depends what the scale of him is. Because we really that's can't tell true. from that picture. Is, is he as big as that troll? Fuck knows. Uh, yeah, is, it's very hard well, to tell. Actually, so if you look at the, the picture of the pitch, you can see how big he is. Um, and he's fucking huge. He's about as big as the ogre. I mean, I think actually, if you compare the base sizes, that's probably the best thing you've got going for you. Mm. Um, he does look pretty meaty. He actually. does look pretty large. Yeah. He's so, a big fella. So yeah, yeah, may, maybe, maybe he is. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So uh, we'll talk about star players another day because uh, fuck that yes, for a game of soldiers. Yeah. That's too too much. Too much. Uh, so you get all mm. that, all the dice, all the rules, all the gubbins, as they say. Uh, and all, all, all the, the other stuff. bits and bobs. All the extras, yeah. So, all in all, as far as a box set of Blood Bowl goes, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I'll be I'll be forking over a load more cash to uh, GW for that. So, so that's yep. the next question. Um, How much do we think it's going to be, boys? also worth mentioning uh, that there are a few extras that are coming with this as well. Um, so, we've got the new Spike magazine, which, obviously, another way of getting me to hand over some cash. Absolutely. Uh, Hello Necromantic Undead. That looks quite nice. Yep. If that doesn't have the right rules in it, though, that's going to cause some ill feeling. I assume it it's must got, do. Well, it's it must got, do. It's, I was going to say, it's got the the blue official merchandise thing on. So it which, should be fine. Yeah, which seems to suggest it would be compatible with the, the, the blue box set, I guess. So. Yeah. And then uh, we've also got, and how do they phrase this? Black Library has collected some of the best Blood Bowl stories ever told <laughs> in Death on the Pitch and the Blood Bowl omnibus. Now, well, I agree with now, half of that sentence. Well, no, 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 let's, no, let, no let's be fair. It, they, they are amongst some of the best ever collected. <laughs> yes. That, that is, that's that completely is, true. In, with the exact words they've used, that is technically true. <laughs> now, I always say, right. I read. I've got Death on the Pitch. I don't have the extra time one. I don't know if it's got extra stuff on it. But I enjoyed Death on the Pitch. Some of the stories. I haven't read it, and I'm looking forward to doing so. I can edit it too if you like. 
um, because you don't get it with the box set. They're, just, they're releasing it at the same time. It doesn't yes. come in the no, box. No, but I'm likely to spend some money yeah, on that. But I can, I can so, lend yeah. you my one. Um, because some of the stories are really are very interesting and some are uh, shit. But it's just the way it's just the way it is, isn't it? And I've not read the Blood Bowl Omnibus, but I want to because everyone says it's so um, read-worthy. Uh, yeah. In the same way that watching the Avatar film remake by M. Night Shyamalan is also watch-worthy because you should watch it to know what not to do if ever you decide to go <laughs> into that industry. And as an aspiring writer, I feel like reading bad books makes me feel better about the stuff I'm writing. So that's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, I have... Uh, I think I picked up the Blood Bowl comic recently. Uh, is it more guts, more glory? See, I again, it's it's interesting. It's it's a bit of fun. Is it? I good. I only I only picked it up because it was on the bargain shelf in Forbidden Planet, and I was like, yes. "Yep, I'll I'll go with that." I uh, I read it for free from the library, and for free, it was a good deal. Also, I went to um, I also I went to Forbidden Planet for the first time ever, despite living in Bristol for ages. I finally went there, and it was awesome. Because every time I tried to go there, it's been closed to one reason or another. And I went there, and it was open, and it was a very good shop. So it's fucking awesome. Yes. So all in all, I mean, what do we reckon? 150 quid. Because what usually happens is they go, I mean, this fantastic thing, and we go, that's brilliant, and they go, great. Anyway, it costs way more than you think. Well, I wouldn't. "Hmm." I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, 90 to 100 probably so from memory uh, I'm just trying to think of if you if you if you price up so the the indomitus indomitus box set for for 40k that has considerably more miniatures and it was only 120 quid but but um, if you were to price this up so you'd say 20 quid a team 15 for each of the stars yeah um say 15 for both refs um mm. and then another 30 for the big guys mm-hmm. that would not be and and then that doesn't even take into account the let, let's assume for the sake of argument everything else is free the models alone come to yeah you're going on 100 plus quid yeah yeah and it is it is GW, so you know it's, because they're obviously doing more of these because it's part of the box set. They you can get away with doing it cheaper. That's the whole point of, of including them in the box set. But as yeah. you say, this is GW, and they have the, the last one was seventy quid. The last box set is, is seventy quid, I think. Um, yeah. I think the difference is you got cards in that one, but they are not very much worth. Any other cards were shit. Yeah. So I, if this box set drops for a hundred pound or less, I think that would be good. Yeah, opinion. if it, I, I would be not unhappy with that. I, I, I will invariably end up getting it, probably whatever it comes in at. As long as I <laughs> like to, if it's two hundred quid, then nope. But <laughs> uh, you know, if it's one ten, that's probably still worth it for what you get. Basically, it's two teams of models that I will use, plus extras on top of that. Yeah, fine. They can mm. they can be added to the big pile of um, games with. Uh, Literally whole games from GW where I haven't fucking painted anything yet. Could be added to my pile of all the Warhammer Quest Blackstone Fortress stuff and Dreadfleet. None of which oh, is even, none of which is even slightly painted. <laughs> Never mind, though. That's, if, if you painted it all, then what would you do? It'd be nothing else to paint. So you'd have to go and buy more stuff. 
Right, that's how it works, isn't it? I, I mean, I, that is very true. I, yeah, that, that is true. I mean, I will never run out of things to paint, ever. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, okay. Well, uh, that's BB2020. Uh, shall we move on to the next thing? Let's move on, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we are now going to talk about some Secret League stuff. Only a few bits, because not much has happened since last time. Uh, we did the Secret League before. We had some fun with it. Uh, I can't remember who won. It wasn't me, so it doesn't matter. No, I think uh, CT it was, won. It, was, it wasn't me either, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was CT. So we did it again, and we're having a bit of fun with it. Um, and it's got to the point where Matt even said he misses Sylvanian Pact. I'm missing the shitty vampires. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Uh, we did random teams again. Um, yeah. So what have you? What have you got? You've got. Uh, what have you got? What have you got, Matt? Oh, uh, Clan Skyer. Yeah, they are horrendous. It's such hard work. Uh, it's just it. It's a it's a team of Skaven clan rats with some secret weapons uh, and two strength four but slow guys. And mm. two chaos is, warriors basically. Uh, well, agility one chaos warriors. Yeah. Well, it, uh, yeah. Apart from the bit. <laughs> they not don't sound great. Uh, no, no, they are they they are they are not they are not great. Well, they're um, going to chainsaw two bombers and a death roller potentially, and a death roller has frenzy, which is awesome. But yeah, you have to be able to afford yeah. him. Yeah, and the uh, to be fair, you do get your your Giselles start off with sure hand, strong arm, and hail mary pass. So you, you've got but you basically you have two throwers slash runner. Type oh, they, players. They're, they're gunners, aren't they? They they basically have um, blunderbusses. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Mm. Um, so, so they're great. The strength four guys are slow, can't can't dodge or anything, and yeah, are, are okay-ish. Clan rats are clan rats, and secret weapons are secret weapons. The, f- the flaw being, obviously, because you're not goblins and don't get cheap bribes, you will at some point have a team of clan rats and two strength four players. But what's, that what's wrong with that? That's fine. No, that's a really shit team. It's <laughs> a really shit team. He's saying teams made entirely of linemen are terrible. Huh. Yeah, this is te- news team, to me. Te- teams made entirely of shitty uh, clan rats are indeed quite quite terrible. I mean, so... you've got a bomber. You got bombardiers. You know, excuse me. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some bombers. You've um, got an armor seven chainsaw. Yeah, an armor seven chainsaw. What the fuck? What well, he's movement seven, that? which is quite cool, but. Um, that's pretty much all he has going for him. If yeah, you if you can get the yeah. Doom Flare, he's awesome because he's he's a movement five death roller with frenzy, and he can take mutations on doubles. But Which is oh, pretty I good. Am, I I'm saving up for him, but he, you you can't afford him as a, at the starting team without yes. dropping. You, you Everything either have else. To, yeah, you you well you either have to drop um, at least one of your secret weapons, uh, and probably one of your strength four guys. So yeah, it's. It is. It is a real grind. Um, to be fair, I've played four games, a win, two draws, and a loss. But it's uh, it's just such a struggle with them. Mm. I love the uh, the model for the, the the sprite for the Doom Flare. Looks awesome. You really. It, I think you should just looks really sack everybody great, yeah. and get one of those. Just start the relief fresh. It's fine. Ask the commissioner. I'm sure he'll do it for you. Yeah, is that right, Alex? Yeah. Uh, no, way. actually, I've decided I'm not. <laughs> Um, Alex, Alex, what he? Because I haven't played you in this league yet, have I? Uh, no. Not yet, because the way we're doing this league is slightly different to the last one. We're doing it with a Swiss-style pairing, so we'll do six rounds or whatever, and it'll be like, almost like a tournament. The winners play the winners, and the losers play the losers. Because I thought it might be a bit more enjoyable. And last time the season went on for ages because we were doing like eleven games or something. 
It did, yeah. Yeah. Um so uh, last time I was I was stunty and uh, I think and this time I am stunty. Except I'm the, <laughs> I I'm there's a lot of stunty this time, I'll be honest. It's, it's there's an awful lot of stunty. Uh, but I only oh no, last time I was tree men, yeah, which are basically stunty. So this time I'm the pygmy team. Uh, and pygmy team are really weird. What the f- what the fuck is that team all about? <laughs> yeah, so okay, right. I don't know so, anything about this team. Basically they're goblins, so they're all movement 6, strength 2, armor 7, and they're all stunty. They've all got dodge. Um, but they've all got agility 4. They've what all the got fuck? agility 4. So what you may notice is they can dodge anywhere on a 2 plus and have a built-in reroll. And you think, wow, that's amazing. And then you realize they have no big guys. No one is stronger than strength two. Literally no one is stronger than strength two. Oh, but but to be fair, you get four blitzers who have Dauntless and Claw. So that is potentially incredible. So they all start with quite good skills. So you have the, the linemen, Stunty and Dodge, for 50k. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, the throwers have Stunty, Dodge, Pass and Sure Hands, which on an agility four guy, fucking yes, please. Um... The catchers dodge shadowing. Thank you very much. And catch. So they're brilliant nice. at what they need to do. And the the blitzes have got dodge again, stunty, and claw and dauntless. So potentially those are those are the ball hounds. And with okay. one skill up, they're claw mighty blow, which is amazing. Okay, I uh, yeah, I see. It's uh, there. There's potential there. It's tough, but there's the fact that you agility four across the board, and you have access to four dauntless at the start is pretty good who are you up against next did you say uh hugo and his armor 10 dwarves oh which you've got four claw to deal with you fucker yes <laughs> if i was going to pick an opponent i would rather have had a claw and mighty blow but i haven't got any of those because my blitzers keep getting the snot kicked out of them um the problem with this team is that for stunty they're expensive so you end up with i mean the blitzers are 90k for a strength two piece Ooh. um so when you t- my first game i had no apothecary and 11 players which was rough as a stunty coach, uh, I'll be honest. The, the problem with this team is I'm, en- I'm enjoying them. They're a bit fun. But it's very much a case of you just roll dodges. And if you can keep rolling dodges, you tend to do okay. There's very little... There's not much thought to the strategy behind it. It's a case of roll two up dodges all the time. Uh, try and hit the ball carry with the dauntless guy and knock him down. Roll two up dodges, roll two up dodges, and then either win or you don't. And so, for example, I played against... Um, Heartsbane's Demons of Zinch team, which is another stunty team, uh, and I beat him 4-0 because all I could do, I just kept rolling dodges and kept knocking his ball carry down and there was absolutely no strategy involved in it whatsoever. <laughs> so that's it. They are in, they're an interesting team, but they are not a very deep team. It doesn't really feel very satisfying when you win or when you lose, because you're just going yep, two up, two up, two up, two up, and either I win or either I don't. On, on the plus side, Hugo doesn't have a lot of tackle. Mm. Uh, there's, the, there's the one thing, it's his team is ridiculous and absolutely smashed my team to pieces. Yes. Armor, t- armor 10, I had nothing to deal with it. I'm looking forward to playing against it because it's an interesting team. And I, I, I've, I've had, had quite a charmed run so far. I haven't lost a game with them yet. I'm on 2-1-0. So it's all going okay. But the last game was close because I got pitch cleared, <laughs> which was fun. Okay, yeah. And then I, I might have pitch cleared him in return. I can't remember. And I <laughs> pitch cleared da- um, Dan. It was, they're a very strange team. That's what I'm trying to say. But, oh, yeah. it's the be- to be fair, it's the beauty of the secret leagues. Is I-, I will say, it seems to be a mix of substandard teams and teams that are actually quite good, and yes. nothing in- and not a lot in between. And or, it, yeah, I'm, I'm occasionally sure, horribly sure bad teams. Sh- <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there is a lot in between. I just don't seem to play them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yes, found that. That's a bit of they. They do seem. Fun. 
Well, I don't know. Maybe my maybe my Camry team was sort of okay. My my fake Camry, I don't know. It's just not. Secret League is virus. Secret League is weird, but it's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Can't really argue with that. So uh, next round will be coming up soon, and it's waiting on me. Whoops. Uh, and once I get that all done, we shall be into round five. And I don't know when to end it. I guess round six, but haven't decided yet. We'll uh, figure it out later. Yeah, I'm just looking to see. Oh fuck. What? Just look. Just looking at the league. Uh, I'm probably going to be playing Wobbert's team next. Does it matter what you actually do in your game, Alex? Uh, I don't know. Do you know the worst bit in this? The worst bit in this league is CT Snake Men team because we have there is a lot of stunty here and prehensile tail stacks, which means if I'm in three Snake Men tackle zones and I dodge away, even my agility four guy is now doing it on a five plus. Yes, but some is, of us just find that hilarious. I know it's funny and I do deserve it, but it's it's still hilarious. It's it's still it's still an interesting thing. I, I I was going to say I, I scraped a draw against the Snake Men and yeah that was a that that was a weird weird match it's just all all those stupid stupid skills. <laughs> and is, sure, isn't there a team which team did I play that had lots of agility two um, hypno gaze? Where was that one? Which one was that one? I'm sure I played a team that had that. Where is it? Where is it? Where is what, it? What in this in this secret league? Agility two hypno gaze sounds horrendous. I'm sure that happened somewhere. Where is it? Um, let me have. Yeah, here we go. So, the Liberis team, which Wobbert has, has a have sepulchral stalkers, and they are. Oh no, they're agility three hypno gaze. They are snakes, and the snakes have got hypnotic gaze, which is quite funny. And he kept trying to hypno gaze on my stunty guys out of the way so he could go and hit the ball carrot. It was it was funny, and he failed literally all of them. And oh my Jesus Christ! I just looked at Dan's team, and since I played him, he's got two plus agilities and two and a str- plus strength on his big guys. On his because he gets basically chaos warriors on his team, so he's got two guys who have the stats of vampires six four four eight, and he's got a strength five uh, big guy, a strength five warrior as well. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! That's a horrendous looking team. I I do not want to play that team. Neither do I. So anyway, let, speaking of CT though, uh, another thing that's going on online is the. Eurobowl. So Eurobowl was meant to be in Poland this year, I think. That's right. Um, and it, it was, was going yeah. to be happening. To going to lovely Warsaw, which I can highly recommend. And sadly, yeah, recommend for good reasons. And yeah, and it's it's it would have been this month, wouldn't it? It would have been happening pretty much now, I think. Yes, I believe so. So unfortunately, uh, due to COVID, it, it was all cancelled. Um, so what they've done is they've made the excellent decision of moving it online. Which means all us schmucks who weren't good enough to get into a team can just go and compete anyway and have a bit of a laugh in the Euro Open. Absolutely. So Technically, you could have done that anyway. Yeah, but this time we get to do it for free. True. <laughs> uh, so uh, CT messaged messaged a couple of us, me and Matt, and said, hey, you want to do a team? And we went, yeah, okay. So we're in a team. And we haven't decided where we're representing yet. Yeah, uh, he he messaged a small group of elite, very good players, and they weren't interested, so he came to us. <laughs> exactly, that sounds about right to me. <laughs> Whereas so I, suggested... I picked up uh, an invite from Wobbert because no one else wanted me. Ah, so we would have wanted you, but you know, CT, you know, he's like he's such an overbearing, hard-going guy. You wouldn't have had it. <laughs> he's yeah, not really. Absolutely, yeah. That's if that's listening, the best way to describe him, isn't it? Yes, no, he's not. He's lovely, and he but he, uh, he wants. He suggested we could represent Cornwall or Narnia, and I want to represent the Moon because I think it would be good to say we are the first European team from the Moon. 
Nobody can prove we're not from the moon. So, you know, it's a nation. It's not technically in Europe. I mean, yeah. I, I think we should, we should definitely uh, definitely represent somewhere a little bit out there, I think. Mm-hmm. The moon is pretty far out there. That, and, uh, that is definitely the case. The yeah. rules, I, I like. So I didn't really look... I looked a bit at the rules when I didn't know if I was going or not. But when I looked at them again recently, um, I like these rules. I like what this team building. Oh, oh, they're so weird, and I cannot work out what team to use. So you get 1.1, standard. Uh, and then okay. depending on what tier you're in, you get another amount of cash which you use to buy skills. I mean, you might better use it to buy stars as well. I should probably read the rules. But you, get, you, you can use it to buy skills. And so you buy a skill for 20k, and it's a normal skill. Um... You can buy a skill for 30 if it's a double skill. You can put up to two skills on one player, but they both have to be normals, and the second one costs 30. Uh, and I think that's there might be a restriction on the number of doubles you can have as well. Um, but that's basically it. And so what it means is I can build my perfect Kemri roster, which makes me a very happy Alex indeed. So I'm going to go Kemri. Oh, nice. I can go 1.1, so that's... All the Guardians, all the Blitzers, all the Thrayras, and Skeletons up to 14 guys, plus two rerolls, which for me is my perfect, perfect, perfect Kemri roster. And then, with all the skill package, because you get 170k for Kemri, oh, beautiful, <laughs> that's guard on all the big guys, block on both throwers, guard on one of the Blitzers, and tackle Mighty Blow on the last Blitzer, which is perfecto. That is absolutely, oh, you, I cannot write a better roster for Kemri. That I've never seen a tournament that lets you have a better skill set than that. So I'm, I am all over this Kemri in this one. See, just on the off chance that I play you, I'm now really, really tempted to go with my first instinct, which was Corn. Bring it. Look, meet all my guard. I'll uh, have yes, five guard on the also, team. Also, lots of strength plus Claw plus Mighty Blow plus Juggernaut. Bring it on. I, I love it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm fine to play Corn with Kemri. Because every block goes, hooray, a two-die block. Oh, no, I'm frenzy-trapped. It's great. Bring yeah, it on, I say. I was going to say, that that gives you a pretty good uh, yeah, pretty good team, doesn't it? Oh, I'm very happy, very excited. What are, what are you choosing, Matt? Chaos Dwarves? Chaos Dwarves or Dwarves, probably. But I hadn't oh. actually, I, I hadn't actually Matt, looked at the rule set at Matt, all. Matt, you've, so. you've got to have Chaos Dwarves because it will be your last chance. Huh. Uh, yeah, what's, what's the actual rule set? So 1.1... I think they get six skills, basically. Guard, 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 guard. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, either works then. Uh, yeah, I think either is pretty valid. It might be normal dwarfs in that case. Dwarfs get 100k, so that's five normals or uh, three normals and a double or something like that. So five guard then. Yeah, it's really weird. I can't, I can't completely get my head around the the way it works. Uh, it, it can basically get my perfect Wood Elf roster, which is tempting because I'll never be able to do that again. I think lizards are particular aren't, aren't great because you can only have five skills, not six. So you can have an unskilled Saurus. Never ideal, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazons again, only five skills for them is a bit rough. I think. I'm okay with rosters that fuck the top tier teams and leave my little janky teams to do their thing. The trouble is, I don't think it does fuck the top tiers, so I think Dark Elves, Wood Elves, Undead are still super happy with only 100k. You only need five skills on those teams. Ooh, Dark okay. Elves, Wood Elves, Undead. Ah, so does that mean, because I was considering the second guard, the guard on the Blitzer could be a second tackle. Maybe I should bring two tackle. Don't know. Uh, oh, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't actually looked nah, at I the... Think that's... 
I think that's overkill. Um, Ooh, I'm half like... tempted. I mean, humans at 140. Humans so they... at 140 look good, yeah. That's mm. not bad. Uh, or Bretonian instinct... tier 3, which is interesting. thing is, my instinct says that Demons of Corn are great because they get 200k to spend on skills. That's a, that is a nice amount of things. That's a lot of things. That means you can you can get block on the uh, bloodthirst if you need it. You can, you can. So let's have a look here. So a hundred one point one then. So what does one point one get you for 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 corn? So you get the bloodthirster. Yeah, that's a no brainer. And you could mm-hmm. have if you just went for only frenzy pieces, which is of course how you're supposed to play. It's the only way to play then... with corn. I mean, I think it's enough that you could get a star player in there, which isn't bad. I also think that with the Bretonians, you could have fun because you get seven skills from them. That's not terrible. You could go for could... um, ego bloodthirster, two corn heralds, uh, two rerolls or three rerolls, and um, a bunch of pit fighters up to twelve, and then you a two hundred k to spend on skills. Is, is is clear, isn't it? You go mighty blow on the big guy. You can't yeah. just give him block as well, but you could give him something else. You could give him. Well, he doesn't need it, so what he needs, isn't it? You don't need to. You just give and him you can, that, and then you've got nine guys with block. You're basically uh, Norse, but slightly better. Or you could blodge up one of the blood letters if you wanted I mean, to have boring. a bit of extra. All right. Well, fine. Fuck me now. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like the fact that looking at it, so humans, you can. You could get block on the ogre and still have five normal skills. That's nice. Tasty. Quite a nice. Guard, 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 guard. And then, I guess, block on a catcher? Uh, yeah, catcher or thrower, probably. You'd you probably know, I go guard, guard, guard and tackle or guard, yeah, guard, guard and true. frenzy. But yes, I, I take your point. I've yeah, um, be, be, be three, three guard, maybe a tackle. I've realised I've become more boring. Forward. As I'm playing more and, and, and doing all right at tournaments or whatever, I'm getting more boring my skill choices. All I do these days is get guard and block and tackle and That's dodge. That's trouble you, you what's, do what's because happened if you to really me? want to push it, you end up power gaming. And power gaming is you pick one of five skills because those are the five skills that you need. Mm. I mean, mm. to be fair, like the, the pro elves and high elves at tier 4, 170k skills that's eight skills eight normal skills that's pretty good you, you could blodge yeah. up a catcher and then block block dodge dodge block dodge your way to victory pro elves yeah, are that's not very a... tempting or a i'll tell you what if you're going to take pro elves try something which someone did to me at the world cup and it worked a treat which is give one of your catchers block and frenzy Ooh, okay because yeah. that movement eight frenzy block was awesome and it it really got in the way and actually, I'm considering giving one of the Blitzeras frenzy on, on the Kemri team because it's a wicked skill. And uh, mm, mm. how much are the how much are the rerolls for Pearl Elves? Fifty. Fifty. Okay. So... They are dirt cheap. That's the point. You could take um. You could bring corn and take Scylla Angrifim. That's the one you want. A star player who I've literally never seen used. Yeah, there's a reason for that. I think. Uh, correct. And with Wild Animal for 250k, brilliant. Why would you take him when you could take just nothing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's depressingly true. So they're also the rounds are one day uh, apart. No, one week apart. Sorry, one day. One week apart. Yeah. So yeah. it's quite easy to do. The, the buy-in's quite straightforward. Uh, it does mean potentially that the games go on until January because there's a two-week playoff period as well. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be in. Yeah, that we period, won't be you know. there, so don't worry about that. 
We've, um, I mean, so my, me and Matt's plan, I don't know if you agree, Matt, is effectively try to draw, maybe lose, but try our best and let Loki and CT will grab on their, their coattails and hopefully get to victory. I don't know about... Well, <laughs> I, I, I think, Alex, the master plan is one of us just needs to avoid losing and then the other two guys will win and then as a team will win. So that'll be fine. So one of us should take Wood Elves, score on turn two and then just cheese it for the rest of the game. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, technically. You know, since I started playing Camry, I don't mind playing Wood Elves anymore because I, I finally, I cl- it clicked. I thought, I know how to beat these guys now. They're like, I know what to do because first time, when you first start playing them, I found, it's always a case of you just literally have no idea what to do. You think, how the fuck do I beat Wood Elves? They're so bent. And then it's like you wake up one day and go, I know how to do it. The trick well, is, folks at home, take your time. Well, no, it, it depends, Alex. Because against Wood Elves, if the kick is bad and it ends up in your end zone, you are immediately in a lot of trouble. <laughs> this is true. Well, there is that. Because okay, let me rephrase it. I don't mind playing them when I've got Tackle Mighty Blow. Yes, that's fine. Then I'm, uh, fine. Then, then I'm okay with this. I don't Tackle Mighty Blow as much as you'd think, though. No, but it I feels mean, nice to have. It's yeah, nice to once, have. Yeah. Well, basically, if it's a bad kick, Kemri is screwed because you're just not fast enough. Uh, if it if it's a a deep kick, no matter how well you set up your defence, you're never quite going to be able to cover it enough to adequately defend against Wood Elves on that dangerous first turn. Yeah, the and first turn is the weirdest one. Yeah, your your second turn, once you can kind of bunch up and get and get get the get it rolling forward, you're fine. But it's that first turn. Wood Elves won the few teams where they'll just go, la la la, I'm just going to run through and put loads of pressure on. And you go, oh, all my players are in tackle zones. Well, I can hit you a lot, but that doesn't actually get me anywhere because yep. all my players are going to be all over the place. That's happened to me shit. when I played against um, British Dog at the World Cup. He just he, he was a fantastic player and kicked the shit out of me. But the best bit was, ball lands on the, he kicks it to me, it lands on the furthest right-hand square. So it goes six oh, squares to the right, t- bounces to the right. Kick. I try to pick it up, fail to go for it to go onto it, re-roll it and make it, flub a pickup, it bounces off, it's thrown 11 squares into his half and he catches it with his thrower. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> that yeah, is, that's that not a game you're going to win. Yeah, no. yeah so, so, I, I do have a question about these rules, which I don't quite understand. I'm hoping one of you can clarify it for me. All right. So, so the way this works is you, it's a 1.1 build and then you mm-hmm. get additional... Ca- cash that cannot be combined with the initial team creation budget oh yep okay so i was wrong before you can't use this for star players or whatever well it then says this additional cash can be spent on additional skills star players oh okay inducements players assistant coaches cheerleaders fan factor re-rolls or apothecary so i can't i think what it's saying is you've got to build 11 players using your 1.1 and then your yes. other cash can be used on whatever you want it to be. Yes, but they can't be mixed and matched. So you can't spend... If you were, for example, Wood Elves, you couldn't spend 1.2k on players because you have to spend your 1.1 on players. And then you can spend that additional 100k on players if you want. But you couldn't, for example, buy a War Dancer by combining it with the original budget. You can only spend no. 100k in one chunk. Uh, but what I could do is I could spend 1.1... Oh no, I could but can I spend one million to buy eleven players and then my two hundred K to buy Eldril? Yes. 
That's Absolutely. how I read it, but it, it's yeah. just slightly confusingly you, worded. You could also ben, spend 1.1 on players and then spend another 100k on more players. So long as the 100k, for example, can afford what you want to buy that's extra. You could probably wiggle it so it'll never be an issue. You can pretty much afford what you want. But it's just so, so basically yeah, Wood Elves so can't the, buy the, star players. The reason I'm asking is when you're looking at teams like... I don't know. Uh, well, humans are probably the best example of this, or possibly Britannians. I've got 140k in skills, but can I just use that to get Griff or Zug, and still get some skills? And I think the answer to that is yes. Mm. Mm. It's it's particularly interesting for halflings because I can go block block, and then I've got 170k left over to spend on stuff. Or you could take Wood Elves and you could take one that's got Tackle and Strip Ball and one that's got Frenzy and then give Block to your Tree Man. Wait, no, you can't do that. Yes, you can. No. Uh, yeah, you uh, can. Uh, there you go. Job done. Uh, yes. So you 20k for that. Tackle, 30 for Strip Ball or Frenzy, 10, 20k for the other one, and then 30k for Block. Job done. Thanks very that's much. That's rude. I mean, you'd have, fuck, you'd have absolutely nothing else, but that would be funny, wouldn't it? I was just going to say, with that, would you need anything else? Correct. You'd probably want leader. Do that so, so I can I'm, mighty blow and tackle him. I'm I am looking at that thinking I I am really tempted by wood elves, uh, and I think if I was going to do that, I, I still really like the frenzy ward answer. I think they're they're just really effective. Give him tackle yeah. as well. No, no, because the whole point. Well, so I think that frenzy and tackle don't synergize very well. Uh, that's it's a waste of a skill. Uh, in the same way that tackle and strip ball don't synergize particularly well, they're actually kind of frustrating because if you're using one, you're not using the other. But then you can use them to just whoever's got the ball. You just need one guy to hunt them down. Yeah. If they've got sh- sh- short hands yes, and but again, if dodge. that guy dies, it becomes a bit pointless. Well, then it's always going to be the case, isn't it? So you have one super player. You're better off having one strip ball and one tackle, or one strip ball and one frenzy. I still argue that frenzy is beneficial, although it's also a bit risky uh, because it does give you more goes on the ball. Also, you know, crowd serves are fun. Long story short, blah blah blah, wood elf, blah blah blah, just leaping in, stealing balls, being rubbish, stupid bloody wood elf. Pretty, pretty, pretty wood much elves. spot on, yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted by <laughs> but I'm also really tempted to continue my naff win streak with dwarfs. So you know, or you could take snotlings. That's probably not going to happen. You're not tempted by Old World Alliance there, Naz? Uh, no, because Wobbert is. Ah, okay, yeah. Fair Where enough. are Old World Alliance on this list? Uh, they are oh. tier two. Fuck and that. I question that. Although I also confuse myself as to what's BB2016 and what's BB2020. This is effectively BB2020. There is a difference between the two, and I think they're better in 2016. I don't know, because on 2020, the loner gets better. So it's loaded three pluses, isn't but it? isn't. But plus. they don't have so much animosity, or I think they've got block on the dwarves. I think the dwarves are normal dwarves in oh, the twenty sixteen. Oh, I don't bloody know. Ah, it's weird. It's very anyway. Weird. Anyway, so anyway, Europe is going to happen. There, we shall a, report. A there's a fumble tournament. We're all doing it. Fuck knows what we're going to do. <laughs> hey, yeah, pretty much. I like fumble tournaments, but I don't like the fact that a lot of it's just organising when you're going to play, and that irritates me. What I like yeah, about tournaments is you turn fun, up and you play all your games. Well, it's, that's it's, why. Okay, so just to highlight this, I'll, I'll just bump this one now because I know it's coming. In December, there will be a one-day tournament. Uh, it will... I don't think it's going to be NAF registered, but it will be a one-day tournament just designed to have fun. It's coming from Squad Chaos, and I believe we're going for the 12th of December. 
Um, so if people are interested, uh, watch this space, block out the day, and it's going to be three games on the day, which is great because you don't have to do any of that annoying organising. That works for me. So it's going to be what one at, say, 10, 1, and 4 or something? Uh, something like that. Awesome. Count me in. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. Um, okay. I, I really enjoyed, I cannot remember the tournament that I did with my dwarves, um, whatever it was, back in, I'm going to go with April, May. It must have been May because it was about my birthday. God, that was a long time ago. <laughs> 40 already, can you believe it? But it was just, we got to play all the, day, all the games in one day. It felt more like a normal tournament. It was good. NASCAR isn't really 40, by the way, if anyone's wondering. Did you oh, ever yeah. hear the joke? I made it in there, you know? I mean, I someone is only just 30, but that's a separate matter. What, what young cherub-faced who-knows-what is, is that? Well, I just remember Merrick's even younger than me. That's the thing to remember. Not that he's on the podcast anymore. Oh, I miss him. Hi, <laughs> Merrick. Merrick, if you're listening, come back. <laughs> You'll be different this time. Uh, so we, shall we move on to the next bit? Yeah, go for it. Okay. It. All right. So we are finally, belatedly, getting on to the book club's latest book, which is Troll Slayer by one William King. Uh, Troll Slayer is one of the most famous series of books in the Warhammer world. Possibly, sorry, Gotrek and Felix. Let me start that again. Troll Slayer is the first book in the Gotrek and Felix, Felix series. It's probably the most famous set of books in the Games Workshop library, with the exception, I guess, of maybe things like the um, Eisenhorn ones or something like that. But this is the one that... Basically, with the exception yeah. of anything by Dan Abbott. Well, that's true, yes. Pr- pretty much. Yes. Uh, and it's, it, well, it is the first of many, many... Many books concerning the same many, many 12 books. books, apparently. And I don't know if that includes the audio books that have Brian Blessed in them, which is an interesting listen, if ever you have listened to it. Hmm. You know it's good when you have a trilogy of omnibuses, <laughs> and each of those omnibuses hmm. contains books. Well, well, you know there's a lot of them when you've got a trilogy of omnibuses. Well, let's have a look. So, Omnibi? Omnibusi? I, I, what is the plural of omnibus? Omnibites. Omni... The, the fact... Om- omni- omnibuses. There are, well, there are three. There are three. Let's do some maths. Three omnibuses, each of which contains four novels, each of which contains six or seven short stories, shall we say? Because the actual books themselves contain shorter accounts of what the characters do. So we're talking at least, I would say, eighty stories, which is quite a lot, isn't it? Really? Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's an awful lot going on. I mean, they're broadly linked. They're broadly thematic, and they're. It feels like they were published originally as series. Mm. Like, here is one that will go out in this month's Citadel Journal. Here is one that goes out in next month's Citadel Journal. That kind Absolutely. of thing. Did they go out in Inferno or something? So, who even is Gotrek and Felix? What is Gotrek and Felix? What is a Gotrek and what is a Felix? Matt, do you want to give us the lowdown? So, Gotrek and Felix have been around since... I think they are in the 4th Ed Dwarf Army book. Mm-hmm. Uh, may even be older than that. They're definitely back. They may. They're, they're old. They may. They may. May even be older than that. So you're talking early to mid nineties. Apparently, Troll yeah, Slayer was released in 1999 Wait. according to Wikipedia, which is later than I thought. But maybe they were in the. They might have been oh, in the fluff okay. before that. But the book was released in 1999. They, they. Yeah. They were. I'm pretty sure they were in the fluff before there were books. Probably. Okay. If you see. If you, yeah. Sorry, I, see, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. <laughs> so who are they? What are they? What's going on with them? So it's basically, Gotrick is an awesome troll slayer who has one of the axe of, axes of Grimnir, I think. The other one wielded by the High King Thorgrim Grudgebearer. 
which he basically found in the Chaos Waste. Uh, and in game, it's fucking badass. He basically like, looks at stuff and kills it. Yeah, it's like 125 point magic axe, which does exactly what you'd expect 125 <laughs> point magic axe to do. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty badass. But yeah, he he links up with a human who uh, whose life he saves, and then swears a vow to follow him and tell his tale when he dies his glorious death which he never actually does <laughs> which te- which technically makes him a very bad trust yeah even when the world gets destroyed with the age of sigmar stuff he still survives it spoilers everybody but it isn't really Jeez. is it what 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 are going to milk this particular ip so dry <laughs> don't you worry literally the end of the Absolutely. universe did not stop gotrek felix got gotrek anyway <laughs> don't know about felix spoilers just look the fact, yeah. there's still really some fucking yeah. books for it obviously he's still around and also, there's a shiny new Gotrek model. Uh, yes, there is. There is true. That's true. The Age yeah. of Sigmari one. So this one, this is the first book uh, which introduces these two characters to us. It finds them. I think it shows them meeting. I can't remember the very beginning. Do they meet in the book? Uh, it's it's basically they have just met. It's like yeah. Felix is following Goat. It's going. Why the fuck did I uh, swear this vow? While I was pissed. Yeah, I remember guy. now. He does it while he's drunk, doesn't he? He's, he kind of swears yep, a slayer's yeah. oath to him while he's pissed as a fart, which I think is brilliant. Abs- absolutely, <laughs> Which is, yeah. If that's not the yeah. start of a beautiful friendship, I don't know what is. But it's interesting that he is honourable enough to keep that oath. Yes. Yeah, because he's ba- basically Felix's minor nobility, yeah. effectively. What we Empire. learn about him, he's he's essentially like a... If you've read Les Mis or watched Les Mis, he's one of the, one of the, one of the club, you know, the, the rich young people who want to try and make the yes. world better yeah, yeah. by yeah. standing up for the little guy yeah. and it usually gets them into all sorts of political trouble because they come from well-respected families or whatever. So he effectively... Protesting against, protesting against the that's window right, tax. That's right, yes. He was protesting against window yeah. tax. Uh, and then in doing so, was almost run down by the king of the emperor's cavalry. Uh, Gotrek, wanting star, just, yeah. to, just to have a fight and maybe get killed, comes to his aid, beats the shit out of his cavalry, uh, and then uh, Felix decides to follow him. And then in doing so, they get pissed. Gotrek says, I want to be, I, I want to die a glorious death. I want somebody to remember me. And Felix goes, oh, I'll do it for you. And then that's it. They're off on adventures. And that is the beginning of the whole book. And that basically the beginning of the whole saga. And that gives you lots of kind of wiggle room to basically send them on all sorts of magical, interesting adventures, which is what you want in this sort of thing. Co- correct. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, it's not complicated. It's point Gotrek, big bad thing, watch big bad thing die. Yes, and I will yeah, say I actually much, yeah. listened to this. I got the audiobook. I bought the audiobook. Um, the one from Audible. I don't know who reads it, but the guy who voices so he does all the, he reads all the voices, or whatever. But the accent he puts on for Gotrek is perfect because he sounds exactly like Les Dawson. If only you know the comedian Les Dawson, <laughs> so he's proper like mumbling. What's going on over here? And he sounds he sounds because the actual guy reading it sounds quite cool. But the accent he puts on is absolutely perfect for Gotrek. So if you're going to listen to an audiobook, listen to that one, because it's brilliant and it's, oh, it's fantastic. Uh, are you good. recommending that over Brian Blessed? Well, now, now that I've listened to this guy's one, I do prefer him to Brian Blessed's one, because Brian Blessed is just shouty and loud and posh, whereas dwarves shouldn't be posh. They should be gruff northerners who live in mountains, or maybe Scotsmen. Yes, but Brian Blessed is a dwarf. He's not. He's huge. He's essentially a dwarf. He's a spiritual dwarf. <laughs> He's a very, he's a very big dwarf, uh, but I, 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 you know, I do, I do recommend this guy because he's, it's just awesome, um, and he sounds like a northerner. He sounds like Les Dawson, and so that's the way it should be. So let's talk about the actual book itself. It's split into seven short stories, 
the seventh yes. of which I can't remember at all. So where can it, well, <laughs> that's going to be an interesting one to get into. <laughs> the first one is Geheimnisnacht. You're, you're very welcome, any German listeners, for my pronunciation then. Which I'm told means Night of Secrets or something along those lines. Night of Mysteries or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys agree. I thought this first one is the best one out of all of them. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really good. Probably not a bad um, way of looking at it. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it, it's, it sets the background really well. You get a sense of who Gotrick and Felix are. And also you get a sense of... Oh, so they're going to be poking around in the seedy corners of the empire where this kind of shit goes. Exactly. On. Yeah. And there are some, some some great scenes in this book that I still remember now, which I think are brilliant. Uh, and the rest of the stories, that I, there are one or two, but they don't have the same impact to me as this one did. I don't know if you guys. Well, I explain what I mean. So, Gorick and Felix, what do you think is the point of this of this tale? What makes it so entertaining? It's uh, call me you know, stop me if I'm if I'm talking crazy, but it's the fact that we have Gotrick who has this very unique perspective on life. He's a um, he's seeking death. He's from a completely different civilization, similar to the Man of Starblade books. He's from a whole new area of the world where they speak this they they can speak the same language as us, so we can understand their thoughts, if you like. But their their morals and their construction of their whole civilization is very very different. And so his perspective on stuff. And the relationship he has with Felix, and Felix can represent us, the human eyes in this, and that that is what makes it really interesting. So we see Gotrek wanting to get into fights and thinking this is oh stupid snivelling manlings and your stupid illnesses and your weak race and all the rest of it, and yet we see him have these vulnerable moments. And that is the bit that makes these books so interesting to me. The action is nice, of course, yes, but it's the action through that very specific lens that I think makes these books very good in that way. What do you guys think? So I kind of get what you mean. Uh, it's definitely important because it's it's a story that Felix goes back to again and again because it is that's like the first time he properly looked at chaos and properly understood it. Uh, I think that it's like you said, it's very good for setting the scene. So there are, there are a couple of phrases in it which I really liked. Um, we, one of which was being, you know, it would seem the gods preserve me for a greater doom yet. It's. Mm. It, yeah, yeah like you know enough like you're getting a feel for how things are going but also another one of Gotrek's phrases is armour is for women and girly elves <laughs> yeah. which is a bit dated in some ways I know yes it is It is definitely dated in some ways we'll come back to that because that's probably my biggest criticism of, of all of it uh, but it's it kind of sets the tone I think uh, that I mean that phrase is probably is problematic but it's mm-hmm. um it, the whole think, point is it's not serious. Yeah, I think I think setting the tone is pretty much on the nose. I think it is. It's probably worth bearing in mind that ultimately, from this very first story to you know book twelve or whatever in the Gotrek and Felix saga, I guess Gotrek is pretty much the same. He he is virtually entirely unchanged, apart from he's mates with Felix by the end. And yeah. he has an eye patch in the second we're, we're, book onwards, and doesn't in the first story. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're, he has two eyes in the first book. <laughs> yeah. Whereas whereas Felix is basically it's his story of going from this fop who kind of fumbles his way through to basically being a badass himself. So this is this was something I wanted to touch on um, because. 
what the problem I have with this particular book, with Troll Slayer as a whole, is some of the stories I really enjoyed. But the the story of Gotrek and the story of Gotrek and Felix is very good. It's very interesting, and that's what I want to hear about. And that's the bit I was excited about and looked forward to and remember fondly. The story of Felix and his adventures by himself, I didn't really care for. Because I feel like the yes, Warhammer yeah. world... He yeah. does kind of end up with... Uh, you, you know how like in Buffy you have Monster of the Week? He does seem to have Woman of the Week. Yes, and th- what I found is in certain yeah. stories, Wolf Riders is very much a good example of this. Oh, um, that's not a great one. Well, what happens is, so the Warhammer world in many ways is a generic fantasy world, but it's so well, it's, it so embraces that cliche in many ways. It works and it's fine and it's good. And it's the it has enough flavour to make it an interesting world and there's so much depth to it. Felix is an relatively ordinary character in the grand scheme of things he's not a wizard he's not a dark elf he's not a dwarf he's just a normal schmuck and his story is it's not you know it's 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 perfectly fine but it's not going to change the world but the fact is him acting as the human foil to gotrek is what makes him interesting what i don't find as interesting or greedy i care about at all is felix and his problems with random schmucks he meets on the way when gotrek is just sitting on the side watching so in wolf riders there's two points that i particularly got irked at there's one where Felix has walked from about five different people and had all different conversations about playwrights and inner politics of this random group of people we're never going to meet again. And then he goes and talks to to, yeah. to Felix, to Gotrek, and Gotrek's like, oh, what are you doing? Anyway, I'm just sitting there doing nothing. And then later on, in that when they actually get to the action scenes in this, and they have this big fight, and there's a bit where Felix is like chasing after this guy, and he, tur- he turns around, and there's this huge fortress, and the walls are being smashed in by these orcs and these shamans and these uh, goblin riders. And you see Felix turn around, the gates get smashed in, an orc shaman with an army of goblins behind him charges at Gotrek, and Gotrek charges back, and you go, wow, this is going to be awesome. Then Felix turns around, goes inside, and has a little foppy sword fight with some guy, and wins, and comes out again, and the big exciting fight is over, and Gotrek's lost an eye, and he's like, anyway, that was a good fight. And we're like, why the fuck did we follow Felix in this fight? This is so (laughs) uninteresting. To be... I I will say, to be fair, I think, obviously, that is entirely deliberate. Because it's one of those things like you you fill in the blanks yourself of wow that must have been a pretty awesome fight yeah but you and, you read and narratively it does make sense because you are following Felix it's just I get what you yeah, mean the so big dramatic and this is yeah. what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want we, to follow that Felix kind of feels a bit like uh, Cyphers Kane as well where a lot of stuff doesn't necessarily happen to him. Yes, that's true, but that's yeah. stuff that happens off There's screen. a very big difference for that because Cyphus Kane deliberately avoids it, and we want him to avoid it because we want him to be the snivelling um, sneak who manages to avoid all of the conflict, and that's true. fun the way he sneaks around it. Whereas we're seeing these two, and and, and also to be to be fair, with the Kane ones, you get you get the content, yes, because you you, you get the kind of footnotes and the oh here, here's something from someone's biography saying what actually yes. happened. Kind Whereas of in this so, case, these two swashbuckling heroes who are going off and doing these incredible fights and winning against the odds, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see the awesome fight and then the main character nips off to do something else and comes back and it's all over. I'm like, well, what's the point in this? And the same thing, I have I have a similar problem with the... Uh, is it the... Uh, let's have a look. I can't remember which one it is. Is it the the Dark Beneath... No, the Marcus Slanesh? The, I can't remember. The one where... where <laughs> the one where Gotrick gets amnesia. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's Marcus oh, Slanesh. That's the, that's the Marcus Slanesh. I, yeah, that one's not a... That, that one's not a great one. I, this is, I that's think the, the fourth. I, yes. Uh, yeah, so we, we've skipped the third, which is actually pretty good. Um, I like I like the third one because it's all about dwarf shit. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So third one, they go under, they go down uh, with a, a weird mixed 
bag of Britannian red shirts and sorcerers and they go and raid Carrick eight peaks and they kill some skaters. I'm sure they're all going to get out alive. It's, it's like a classic dungeon crawling. Yeah. Oh, here's the party. We're it feels go very Warhammer Quest with this bun, doesn't it? Yeah, it which is great. That's fine. Yeah. Very D and D, very Warhammer Quest, uh, but it's very it's very fluffy. You know? And there's a little thing where Goat Trick is like, uh, "Oh yeah, I you know I know how to do this." And Felix is like, oh, I wonder what he actually did before he took his Slayer Oath. And it's like, yep. Yeah. It's a oh, yeah. nice, oh, nice little touch. Nice, I, nice I, little I touch. missed a bit of the first book. However. Okay, remind me to uh, tell this. I thing. will say that. The, so, one of my biggest criticisms of this book, um, and I've mentioned, I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned off air that I've just read Space Wolf, which came out at about the same time. It's about Ragnar Blackmane, 40 yeah, years yeah. Same yeah. author, though, yeah. And it's the same author. Is when these are good, they're fine. When they're bad, they kind of re- read like fan fiction, which is kind of what they were. Because twenty years ago, Black Library wasn't didn't really exist. Mm. It was just fan fiction. That's basically what yeah. it was. Yeah. And and so, for example, stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, as Gotrek is going towards Carrick Eight Peaks, you know that legendary place where the dwarves were kicked out of their ancestral home because you know stuff attacked them from underneath. He says, long have these mountains haunted my dreams. Long have I wished to stand in their shadow. And I just read that and I, I understand it, but it just feels lazy. Like, don't reference Gimli mm. when you're dealing with dwarves. And it uh, just felt, it felt lazy. I mean, I, I get it, but it, it does kind of suit because I'm going to be honest. I love Gotrick and Felix. Gotrick is kind of a dra- dramatic bitch, though. <laughs> but that's what that's <laughs> what's good about him. He is, but he's but... so the best character in this whole series by far, in my opinion. He's the most entertaining. He's whenever he's on screen, you go, yes, fucking fuck him up, Gotrick, or look at him being interesting or exciting. Like in, in the first book, I, I wanted to mention. Sorry, you mentioned character development, and there is so much development in Geheimnisnarts. There's so many little twerk quirks that you said armor yes, is for women and girly yeah. elves. That's one thing. But for example, when he complains about oh man. Handling ale is watery and rubbish, and yet he always keeps ordering it anyway because he wants it. Or the fact that there's there's a great bit where he's talking with um with with Felix about the nature of chaos, and Felix says, "Are there any dwarves, any of your kind, that are corrupted by chaos?" And um and Gotrick says, "If oh, anyone else great. asks me such yeah. a question, I'd strike them down where they stand." And then he goes quiet for a bit and goes, "As it turns out, yes, there is. And let's, this is a very important <laughs> secret which I'm only going to tell you." And these little bits, we give you this sort of the strengthening of the bond between them, and you see these little cracks appearing in this big evil facade. That's oh, it's fucking brilliant. That's what you want to see. Oh, I was going to say on on a slight tangent, there is there, there's a point in one of the uh, the later books where Gotrick is talking to some other dwarfs, and one of them mentions something. It's like, oh, not not for the manling, and Gotrick's like, no, no, it's okay. He's a dwarf. Yes. <laughs> And and Felix is like, I don't know what the fuck that means, but it obviously means a lot to these dwarves. Yes, and that's that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I was talking about before. The the bit that makes this interesting because we've seen a guy with a sword goes off and saves the day a thousand times, but we haven't seen a guy following a dwarf, but from the perspective of the dwarf doing all these things. That's what you want to see in those little bits of interesting civilization world building. It's brilliant. And you think this is this is yeah. it? This is the good stuff. I don't care about fucking Felix going off and playing politics with some schmucks we've met on the road. Who gives a shit? Excuse my French. 
I think uh, I, I think to be fair, it becomes more interesting as Felix becomes a more interesting character. Yes, and maybe it that's does. true. And and the yeah. trouble is, I don't think he's an interesting character for most of these books. So he's not interested in Marcus Lanesh. Um, the the only thing which is interesting is in Marcus Lanesh, he does start carrying the axe, and he seems to get a lot more grumpy and aggressive while he has the axe. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> I never noticed yeah. that. Yes, yeah. Which I thought was interesting. So the Marcus Lanesh uh, one is the one where, I can't remember what happens, I think Gotrick gets punched in the face or something lands on his head. Or... He he catches a stone from a sling during a battle at a ford and he gets amnesia and then the rest of it is basically uh, it's, it's uh, Felix running around doing a load of chores to try and get a potion to restore his memory and then eventually Gotrek gets the comedy bonk on the head and he's fine again this yeah it's, it's basically it, it to be honest that whole story is just a side quest yes but it's a long one and it's a long one yeah, and just, not a very good one. you can tell by the fact that it's no. um so you're looking at the wikipedia summaries for them the summary for like the dark beneath the world is quite long four long paragraphs the mark of sanesh is basically two sentences and it's just like got lost his memory then he got it back again in the end and it's there, yes. there were some interesting bits in this, but again, it seemed very much to me the, the adventures of Felix. And I'm like, I don't care about the adventures of Felix. I'm Scott Rick and Felix. Gorick is the interesting one. But I will say yeah. one bit I loved about this story was, was so Gorick has lost his memory and he's become very kind of very docile and just sort of like a like a walking around doing nothing kind of guy, just being led along, you know, very meek, very mild. And there's a bit where I think a bunch of beast men turn up and they're about to start a fight with them, and then they see Gorick. And they go, it's some sort of trick. We're not going to come and fight you because we know he's going to kill us. And Felix is like, uh, yeah, he's really big and tough. And Gorok's just standing there like, oh, I don't like it. Make them go away. But obviously they can't seem like this. And these beastmen decide, actually, they're not going to get killed and wander off instead because I don't want to fight this dwarf. I think that bit was brilliant. So that's the sort of stuff I thought, that's the best bit of the whole book. In my so, opinion. Sorry, yeah, I get my past. So the, the, of, of the other short stories, I think uh, Blood and Darkness isn't bad. But once again random woman well, female ran, chaos warrior is interesting week. i suppose female chaos warrior uh, you don't, you don't see yeah. that often that's interesting um i mean this is the second no this is this is the second book now where there's some sort of rape that seems a bit weird yeah. in the warhammer world I, yes it maybe does. i'm a prude but you get to the point in and also yeah. he then goes on to have sex with one or two of them i don't know but it's all just a I bit think weird both and so that's not that doesn't anyway that this this definitely feels like it it's it's a story written by a man about men saving women yes. there, there was a what i did like about this one is the 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 female <laughs> the female chaos champion so this is a a woman marked by chaos who is servicing the dark gods and, and serving their evil purpose is this Ulrich's children or is this blood this is and blood and darkness and she's called okay do you know do you know what this yeah. this sinister woman is called this great arbiter of evil justine yeah, I kind, I kind of love it. I kind, I kind of love it. it's like it's so. Yeah, it's not like I am Cargan the Destroyer. It's like yeah, Justine. Yes, yeah. But I liked the fact that we saw stuff from her perspective. I, I liked because again, I would. She was an interesting character, and I thought, like, wow, this is somebody who is having to respond to the whims of a chaos god and fulfill these oaths and stuff. And she was battling with those. That was quite interesting. But again, it wasn't got Rick and Felix, but it was interesting. And then she turns up and fucks off and is killed, and pff, next story. So it was a shame that she kind of turned up and buggered off, because I thought she was quite an interesting interesting change. You don't see that as often in these sorts of books. So that was interesting. The Yeah, the, the thing is, I think it's um, it's a feature of a lot of the early Goat Trick and Felix short stories, is it is very much, 
they're not dealing with like an empire threatening evil they're they're dealing with such and such threatening this village which is actually better Hmm. so it's a it's much smaller scale yeah and i kind of like that a lot more. so it's the it's the reason that i love daredevil and i love uh the tom holland's the first tom holland spider-man film because it's local i have issues with the avengers as much as i like the avengers because everything is so big and i thought no guys come on just bring it back where do you go from here friendly neighborhood spider-man daredevil is amazing because he never leaves he just never leaves his neighbourhood and he doesn't yeah. need to. He's great. He sticks, he sticks to Hell's Kitchen. The stakes don't yeah. have and to Hell's be Kitchen, cosmic to be fine. good. He looks after Hell's Kitchen. You don't have to have somebody saving the world. This, you, you can just have somebody saving themselves. You're saving their friend. It doesn't have to be the world is at yeah. stake. And you can still get as into it as that. Because it's almost like, if it's like, oh, the universe is, is in peril, you sort of go, oh, okay, really, I wonder if we're going to win this. You can't relate to that. You can't relate to billions. You can't relate to millions. You can relate to 10 or 20 or 4. You can go, I know what it's like to want yes. to save this one person. And I think you can have such a strong um, you know, link with that. And I don't know how we got to this. How did we get to this? Oh, we were talking about this, the stakes, weren't we, within the books? Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, right? I don't remember the last two short stories. It blended into one for me, and I kind of, I think I started switching so, off about these two. Yeah, and and again, that kind of says quite quite a lot, uh, which is a bit of a shame. It's interesting as well. So you know how you said? I'll actually I'll get onto this in a minute. Um, the thing about Mutant Master, which is quite nice, is because it, it starts giving us a bit more of. Uh, a, a, a bit more into Felix, and you get to see a bit more of him changing. Because basically, he's they've gone there, they've saved the day, they've killed all of the mutants. He's like, where are the where are the hostages? Where are the children? We want to save the children. He's like, what children? Oh, you mean my pets? Because children are much easier to mutate. Oh, I do remember that <laughs> bit. Yes. And then Felix is just sort of sat there going, his visions of being fated by joyful villagers evaporated. He looked down at the blood that stained his hands and tunic. <laughs> Whoops! Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie! Yeah, yeah I, I quite, I uh, yeah, I quite like that. But that's uh, that's that, story. that was so much better because earlier on, that there's this thing about, uh, I think it's the in the dark beneath the world. Um, there's a there's a section where Felix is talking about Felix had always been afraid of death, but now he was aware there were worse things. He felt himself on the edge of sanity, hoping for release from the terrible knowledge that madness might bring. My show don't tell. Oh, by the way, sorry, you've just. Um, it, it, you're right, and, that, and that's it. And I keep interrupting. I'm really sorry. Uh, and 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 what I was going to say is the the nice bit about Blood and Dark, uh, sorry, Mutant Master, when he's looking down, it's just his visions of being fated by joyful villagers evaporated. He looks down at the blood that stained his hands and tunic, and it's like you know exactly what's going through his mind at that point. Yes, you don't yeah. need yeah. to be told because you've been shown this is much better. I, so exactly, th- and and I, I will I will say in that one as well, it's the fact that it's. It's Felix who basically goes, "Well, fuck you," and just kills the guy, which is like, yes. yeah, that's that. It's not Gotrick who does that. Gotrick basically just goes, "Yep, that seems fair." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like the show don't tell thing is, is what we, we covered that quite a lot in um, blah, 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 Descent of Angels because it was very, that was very much tell, 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 oh. tell, tell, show, tell, the tell, yeah. tell, the tell. Um, and, and when this stuff is good, he's he's showing us stuff, and we're and, and it's and it's good. When it's bad, he's telling us what to think, and that's a great shame because yeah. he's. Yeah. I think the problem. I think one of the things that I find frustrating about this book is because when it's good, it's actually good, mm. and when it's not, it's just kind of you can do better than this. Absolutely, yeah. 
The um, what I was going to yeah. say was uh, apparently so this was written in 1988 was behind this nut. Yeah, I've, but it I've, wasn't. I believe you are it was, Wikipedia, just yes, like me. It was commissioned, but it wasn't released uh, until um, 1999. But there might have been kind of like it was in the in the world uh, in the sort of ether yeah. at that point. So Gotrek and Felix existed from 1998. Sorry, 1988. Eight, 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 yes, oh, so, which so, is yeah, interesting. Dated that, yeah. Um, but also, I'd like to claim that I was right. Uh, Mutant Master and Ulrich's Children were published in Inferno magazine, which explains why the, the kind of uh, serial nature of the stories. The slightly different tone, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, and also they were written, well, 12, 13 years later? 12 years later, so that, that kind of makes sense because mm. he's developed a bit. Apparently, Gotrek was meant to die right. in the Geheimnis Nut, and then he changed his mind because he liked him so much. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so so looking at it, the um, yeah, so Wolf Riders was actually published in Wolf Riders, the book from 1989, which is a bit weird. Which is an anthology. I do have Wolf Riders on my shelf somewhere. So yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's basically it's a whole book of short stories, most of which. Well, I don't think any of the characters which, apart from Gotrek and Felix, were ever heard of ever again. <laughs> uh, I would imagine that there's one in there for Genevieve because uh, I Ooh. my first introduction to Warhammer uh, fiction was... I can't remember the name of the anthology, but it involved Genevieve, and I remember her having silver manacles and jumping out of a cart and rolling down a hill to escape. And that's about the best I can manage. That is my memory of that book. I'm just trying to find which short stories are in there. Uh, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it was one of the Genevieve ones that she was in there. Yeah. So, and, and there is a very, very different thing between Black Library, which was commissioning authors to produce full-length books, variable in quality, and let's have some short stories which kind of fit into our universe, which are just frankly a bit of fun. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Not everything yeah. has to be very serious, you know. Yeah, and and this is definitely no. not very serious. Well, Alex, you've read uh, you've read Deathwing. Uh, I have the old one from the eighties, <laughs> and and that that is short stories in forty k, but very much I think that's like again late eighties, maybe nineteen. Do you know what though? Yeah, I, I really so. liked it because what I loved about it, and this is something which which maybe I don't know how popular this opinion is, but the, the Warhammer world and the Warhammer forty k world are absolutely huge. They are enormous, and what I like is having different people's authors opinions on how certain things should work and how things do work and the idea is you have this sprawling empire with such huge amounts of history that it can all be true and it can all be false so this author's written this way and i can think maybe that is how it happened and maybe someone else is something different but who's to say that five thousand years ago across the galaxy this bit didn't happen as well and maybe things work a little bit differently in this way and maybe things work a little bit differently so i love how they have their opinions of how it can work and it, i thought it was a really interesting take on on space marines as a whole they weren't emotionless boring one-dimensional killing machines they had these emotions they had these discussions and these arguments and these feelings and these these ceremonies and I thought oh that was brilliant. I I've got to say I do like um, I think it I think it's in Dark Imperium. It's like one of the uh, later books when uh, is it Robo Gilliman has come Gilliman. back basically. Yeah, and it's it's basically um, 
put trying to put things together and going, what the fuck has happened to the timeline? <laughs> We're either in like the 39th millennium or the 42nd, and historians don't seem to be able to agree what the fuck we need to do a time heist (laughs) what they need and i I do i do i do i do really like that because it kind of means oh that's okay so everything does really fit in what they need is saint Catherine's series then i told you at the beginning historians traveling through time to try and solve problems there we go the chronicles of saint mary sorry that's what they need so uh Uh, yeah (laughs) from my understand the development of goric and felix goes on for a long time they become very different in terms of like their their place in the world, but them as characters themselves may or may not change. I don't know. I've not read many more. Um, Fe- ba- basically, Felix becomes nearly as much of a badass as Gotrek and, by the later. And books. as far as I understand, Gotrek uh, becomes something quite interesting indeed. But I'm not going to spoil it because I think if you want to, yes, yeah. then there's lots of books out there, and you could spend a worse couple of uh, weeks reading these through. So, for, you know, all in all, do we approve? Of Troll Slayer, thumbs up. I think we give it a thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'll, I'll yeah, I think there's, I, I think there's more, there's more good, good in there than bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a tentative thumbs up. Yes, there's definitely ditto. some bad, but there's also good. What you could do if you wanted to make your life easier is just read Geheimnisnacht and then read The Dark Beneath the World, and then there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, that's probably the best way to handle this. Uh, I don't mind the Mutant Master. I think that's quite entertaining, just because it's a nice bit of character development. But yeah completely and utterly skip Wolf Riders and Marcus Lanesh like those are not good just, just breeze through them so yes absolutely we have an interesting decision now because what do we read next do we dare branch away from the Warhammer fluff in or Warhammer 40k Games Workshop as a whole do we go for something completely different what do we do well Ooh, tricky, you know what we could tricky. do we could veer away and then veer back uh, to read some Blood Bowl fiction once the new edition is released, that's possible. I mean, it's possible. Oh, that's not bad. I, I do oh, think yeah. we should stick probably within the within the realms of the Black Library, just because our fans, the people who listen to this, you are listening to it because you are forty k fans or Blood Bowl fans or whatever fans. Moving to a completely different area might be. I don't think it's going to be quite in the Venn diagram of what we want. So I think if we did pick more, we should probably pick forty k stuff or fantasy stuff or Blood Bowl stuff. But in the meantime, between now and the Blood Bowl one. I mean, I've got a few 40k books on my shelf that I read a while ago, and I remember loving, so we could read one of those. Uh, which which ones I mean, are I'll, there? I'll give you a spoiler now. It's pretty much all Dan Abnett, because, I mean, <laughs> he's fucking awesome. Have we actually uh, done any Dan Abnett in, in Yeah, Man of Starkblade. Which ones have we done? We've done... What was the first book we did? Man of Starkblade. Oh, the first one was... Um, was that Man of Starblade? I think it might have been Man of Starblade the first one. Oh yeah, so we've done we've done Malice, Malice we've Star done Cyphus yeah. Kane, we've done Godrak and Felix, and we've done Descent of Angels. Yeah. Well, how about? I mean, do you guys have a book you want in mind? Because if not, I've got one we can choose. Uh, I'm just looking at the ones I haven't read yet. Uh, I mean, I can probably find a few for you. I've got one here, so. One that I was thinking of is one called No No Fear. No No Fear, No No Fear. The Battle of Kalf. Uh, that is the Battle of Kalf. The Horus Heresy one. And yes, it's, uh, it's about the 19th of them, I think. And there are bits in this book that I still remember now, having read this years ago. Um, there's two bits in particular that stick out in my mind. And I remember this book. Well, it's typical, haven't it? It's, it's good. And if you think Ultramarines are boring and crap, I recommend reading the bat, reading No No Fear because it makes Ultramarines cool again. Well, let's go for uh, that. 
Yeah, I can I can go with that. I've got that one on the shelf. Awesome. Somewhere. All right. I do not because all of my books are currently in storage. But let me see if I can find a copy of it elsewhere. I'm still currently reading uh, the Way of Kings, which is fucking long. So it'll take me a little while. But I mean, Dan Abner, you can just race through it because it's just it grips you. And there's a few bits in this which are just gripping. So I no no fear by Dan Abner. That'll be next week. Week in quotes. Book club book. All right. Good stuff. So, uh, I mean, do we have any closing comments we want to make on Troll Slayer, or are we happy to move on? Uh, the only thing that's worth mentioning is I understand that Gotrek and Felix City of the Damned is supposed to be outstanding. So, if you are really into this, I don't think it particularly matters whether you uh, read all of the Gotrek and Felix books in the right order, because frankly, it's kind of well, it's Gotrek hitting things with an axe. They're not. I don't think they're particularly story driven. I could be wrong. Oh. No, I, th- I think I think if you if you picked up book ten, um, you would be quite happy to run That's, with that. Did you know? Yeah. I own physically two Gotrek and Felix books. One of them is City of the Damned. I'm holding it in front of me now, and the artwork on the front of this one is my favourite artwork of Gotrek and Felix. Mm, it looks good because it's them two looking not cartoonishly proportioned, and they are ready for action and it's just a, it's a good pose and it's very good art oh I'm about to read this now you recommended it because I literally have it in my hands right now this is mm. that flipping I that's the flipping not. of the book I would really like to read it uh, because I, I just think I would I think I'd get on with it really well uh, but sadly I do not have a copy send me your parents address I will post this to you ah oh, sweet I will do so job done alright uh, we do have a blood blusters submitted by a fan do we want to hey. um just go straight into it. Should we just go straight into it? I think we do. Let's go, go straight, straight into, into it. it. So this is... Oh, God, I pressed the wrong button. This is a set of questions uh, given to me by my friend, Alfred, whose name is also... Uh, what is it? In, I can't remember what it is now. Inc- incubus? No, what was it? Hold, please. Ding, da, ding, ding, da, ding, da, ding, ding, da, ding, ding, da, ding, da, ding, da, ding. Icterus, that's it. So thank you very much for your questions, Icterus. Um, they are so. From what I understand, um, <laughs> he told me they were translated from English to Swedish and then back again. So they were. Um, so some of the language is a bit funny, which is great, which I'm okay is with. Is there a reason for that? Yes, because he's Swedish, and he uh, he created a bunch of questions to give to the people over there in his local tournaments, and he asks them them and they answer them, and then they have a bit of a bit of fun, a bit of a blood bowl quiz, a bit of a laugh. So we we're, we're going to be using his questions. And uh, we'll see if they're if they're tough, if they're easy. I've read through them. Some are easy, some are tough. So we shall see how far you guys get. And of course, guys at home, if you are ever interested, send us a bunch of questions, and we'd love to feature you as the Blood Bowl Blood Blusters Quiz Master. You can even ask the questions if you want to. Okay. Question number one. Oh, buzzers. Sorry, guys. Matt, what's your buzzer? I'm going to go with the classic. Dave. Excellent. excellent. Uh, I shall go for Auga. Marvellous. Uh, oh, I forgot to do the bit I always do, which is go, freaking blood blusters! And someone normally cheers. Nice. Where's the cheer? Come on. Yeah, that's it. Look, we've got to sound excited, okay? We do, We have to peel off this veneer, this mask, and and sing and dance for the, for the folks at home in these difficult times. <laughs> Without our ritual of cheering and whooping, what is life? Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, creators. This is the first category. It's the creators round. Nice and short. 
First one to buzz in. Like I said, some of these questions are quite easy. So it's first to buzz in. Who wrote the original rules for Blood Bowl? <laughs> yes, Naz? Jervis Johnson. Correct. Start off nice and easy. See, start off nice and easy. <laughs> uh, question two. Who is the artist that made the comics in the first issues of Spike? Auger. Go for it. Pete Nifton. Oh, he's on a roll. Two for two. Two for two. Number three. Who wrote... This is apt. Who wrote the Blood Bowl novels from the Black Library? Auger. Oh, come on. Come on, Matt. Come on. What's going on? <laughs> get in there. Go on, Naz. Go on. Uh, Matt Forbeck. Correct. Three for three. Three for three. Uh, this is the 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 question. The, the comments that Alfred added was very few get these right. Believe it or not. Well, you've proved him wrong, Naz. So we shall see. I was going to say I I I knew all of them. Naz just buzzed in first. <laughs> okay. Now we're looking for rules. Second edition rules. You, you're going to oh, have shit. a point okay. for oh, each of getting these correct. Me, me too, me too. In yeah. the second edition, werewolves had a special rule called woof woof. Apparently, before my time. Oh, Aruga. Hold on, Dave. I haven't even asked the question yet. Oh. <laughs> it had three effects on the game. For a point each, what are these effects? And I'm going to get each of you to give it to me once. Give me one, and then we'll see what happens to the last one. Matt. Uh, okay, involved skeletons. It did. Damn it. But what was what was the actual rule? Did they take the skeleton off the pitch to the reserve box? I'm going to give you the points because that's close enough. The rule was apparently love skeletons. If it caused a casualty on a skeleton, the werewolf runs away and buries the bones where the skeleton goes to reserves. <laughs> oh no, the skeleton doesn't regen and the um, the the werewolf goes to reserves. They, sh- they should read they really should. that to be fair. It is a great Naz. <laughs> oh, that was the one I knew. I was going to say that was I know nothing else about it. Uh, uh, I'm just going to pass. I'm not going to be able to answer that, that question. What were the other two rules uh, what was the rule? for woof woof? What was the what were the other two effects of yes. woof woof? Uh, I just want to say I love this rule, and they should bring it back. Uh, it's so situational, okay. but I love it. Yeah, I don't well, the, know. That was the only one I vaguely The first remember. one, apparently it hates everything living and has to block if it can. That was one of the rules. And the third rule, okay, yeah, I'll give that. you both a clue. It involves tree men. Oh, you have to cock your leg against tree men. <laughs> Basically, I believe. Um, I might need a bit more detail. Can you give me anything more specific? You have to pee oh. on the tree. <laughs> well, the rule says if the werewolf goes up against a tree man, you have to roll a d6. On a roll over one or two, the werewolf gets distracted, in quotes. And it doesn't say specifically what that means, but I'm going to assume that means having a piss. So you can have a point. Okay. Nice. Back to... They need to bring that one back as well. To back to normality. Back to 2016, Blood Bowl. This is from the Almanac. Chaos All-Stars have a special Ooh. rule in the Blood Bowl 2016 Almanac. What is it? Quite a hard one, this uh, one, I think. Chaos all It involves Chaos Morgan Thork. Ooh, okay. Uh, I don't think... I, I don't have the almanac, so... so neither do I. This me. would be... the one of the special rules that's uh, attached to, like, the, the high-team value teams. You know, the exactly, example yes. teams which are in each the, of the, the spikes. The, 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 the like, le- legendary team-type things, um, yeah. 
Awooga? That was the st- the least confident Awooga. <laughs> with a, I've never heard an Awooga with a question mark on it. What is, is it? Is it that they get an extra re-roll if Morg is on the pitch because he's their captain? You are so close, and yet you are not exactly there. Do you want to hazard a guess, Matt, or not bother? Um... Yeah, I. That probably oh, you're gonna kick yourself as well. So, so the rule is called the ballista in his prime. If Morg is on the field, all other players in the Chaos All Stars team get the pro skill and lose animosity. Blimey! Mm. Fucking hell, that's and you. But ridiculous. then I don't know how you would have a TV, probably 2000 team, with the most expensive star player in the game anyway. So, but any, you know, why not? Which player has the skill trademark stilts, and what does it do for an extra point? Awooga. <laughs> yes, Naz. By the way, Naz, so that's Matt, if ever Naz is saying, if ever Naz is saying, and if you can get your Dave in there, then I'm going to give you the, the priority. <laughs> uh, the the answer is Scrapper Sawhead, and it gives him leap and very long legs. You get one point, but you are not fully correct. You got the right skills, wrong player, Matt. Ooh. I would have gone scrap sawhead as well. It's, is it? Is, Think about I it. Don't know. Stilts, um, not pogo. Um, I um, stilts. Oh, I know the answer. It's a uh, Nedley Veruca, the halfling yeah. stilt man. Yeah. Okay, let's get some the uh, the one who prunes the trees. Exactly. Let's have some dice roll ones, some stat-related ones. Okay, so, for example, an elf with um, picking up the ball needs to roll a 2+. Simple, right? An elf picking up a ball and throwing a quick pass is a 2+, followed by a 2+. So what I need from you guys is, what are the sequence of rolls required to succeed in the actions I'm about to tell you? Does that make sense? We'll go for the first yes. one and we'll see what happens. First things first, Yeah. what roll do you need, to, do you need if a dark elf blitzer dodges away from a slam blitzer? A dark elf blitzer dodging away from a slam blitzer needs to roll what? Awooga. Naz. Well, technically, the answer is 2 plus. However, if he chooses to use diving tackle, diving tackle it's a 4, plus. four plus. So, in order to succeed in the dodge roll, he's going to need to roll a what? A 2 plus, unless <laughs> the coach chooses to use diving tackle, in which case the answer is 4 plus. Yeah, I'm going to give you that because that's technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. We are going to assume from this point on. <laughs> <laughs> that all optional skills are going to be used, okay? <laughs> okay, yeah. A gutter runner dodging away from a beast of Nurgle. There are two rolls here. Uh, oh, God. Oh, how the fucking tentacles work. Um, well, the, the way that Dombluff always says, <laughs> same with shadowing, is roll 2d6 and ask Alex. What is it, Naz? Awooga. Uh, he rolls 1d6 and then he rolls 2d6. What does he need to get on those dice, though? Damn it! <laughs> okay, so uh, it's a two plus, correct? With a reroll, mm-hmm. and then it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's, is it gonna uh, be. All right, so I'm not. I'm, no, I'm gonna let you go two, first. Obviously, yeah. One. Can Give me a number. Do this. You can. Uh, he needs a. Tw- an eleven. <clears throat> Incorrect. Uh-huh. Matt. I think he needs a two plus, and then he needs a. 10? Oh, it's a nine. Oh, oh shit! Sorry, boys. One out. It's a nine. He needs. It's a, it's very close, but yes, it's a nine. Is, is what you were looking for. 
Okay, a ghoul dodging away from a dark elf assassin. That's right, it's shadowing. Awuga. Go for it. He just needs a three plus. Um, incorrect. Dave. Matt. You. He needs a three. He needs a three plus, and then he needs an eight. Correct. Plus. Excellent. At no point did you ever say that he had to evade shadowing just to dodge away. He rolls a three plus. Point of order. Uh, I'll take your point of order and I'll process it, and then I will deny it. Moving swiftly on. I, th- I, I think you ought to deny it and deduct him a point. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm sorry, Andrew. You've only got yourself to blame here. Um, <sighs> so, <laughs> oh, no regrets. So an, an Elven Union <laughs> thrower making a short pass to an Elven Union catcher within the tackle zone of a Goblin Ooligan. That's a mat for definite. Uh, that is a two plus for the pass. Uh, and then it is a three plus. Oh. It's close, but it's not right. No, it's a four oh. plus. It's a fucking four Naz- plus. Um, so you said, just repeat the question. So it's a short pass. I said an Elven Union thrower making a short pass to an Elven Union catcher in the tackle zone of a Goblin Ooligan. Yeah, it's no, it's not right. Yeah. So the short pass is a three up. Yeah. The catch, well, because he's got Nurse of Steel, he's going to ignore the tackle zone. I, you don't need to fucking explain <laughs> your word. You just need to give the answer. I assume it's two plus. It must be two plus. Uh, if it's not three plus, it must be two plus. No disturbing presence. Well, I'd like to tell you that you're wrong. So you were correct. You, you both three, had it right, but the wrong halves. So the Elven. Three plus and so four no, plus. Three yeah. plus and three plus. So, Matt, you said it's a two plus throw. It was actually a three plus throw. And yeah, he said it's a three plus oh, catch. Damn it, I misheard Matt. Yeah. I misheard Matt. So, yeah. That's annoying. The tackle zone is irrelevant, but the um, the disturbing presence from the Ooligan knocks it down a point. It's minus one, yeah. So it's a three up and yeah, a three that, up. That was irritating. Uh, tell you what, you both have 100 points. There you go, for you worked so hard. The score is still equal. That was fine. There um, you go. <laughs> okay, the next section is star players. Uh, Oof, okay. okay, name. There are only two official star players, current players sanctioned by the NAF. I hope these rules are in date, uh, which are strength four or better and have the blodge skill. Who are they? Auga. Oh, Naz. Carla von Kill. And the rest of the answer? And, and Zara the Slayer. Incorrect. Matt? Yay! Riff. And who? Uh, Zara the Slayer is still sanctioned by the NAF. Yeah. So name the star players, the two of them. You named one of them. You didn't say Griff. I said Carla and I said Zara. They are both still sanctioned by the NAF, aren't they? Are they, though? I think Zara's dead. Oh, no. Zara went the way no, the dodo. Zara's gone. Oh, Zara's Matt, you get the point. Zara's gone. It's all equal to you. Also, how did you, how did you not get I know. Griff? What's that? Yeah, like? that's true. I, I have been very excited about Griff recently. <laughs> Let's talk about star players again. Which star player without secret weapon... Hold on, is this right? Is the cheapest... I don't know if this is right anymore. Hmm. Oh. So this, I need to check. Hold on, I need to check uh, interference here, because I thought this was different. And oh, that's interesting, because every player, literally weapon. every player I'm coming up with here has got a secret weapon. Awuga. This might be right. Okay. Uh, what is your answer? No, I think this is right actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna Dave. go puggy. At one thirty. 
in yeah. incorrect. Yeah. Dave? Matt? Uh, I'm going to go Ithaca. He's 140, I think. Uh, Ooh, it's actually... Shit. Oh, Dave, uh, Dave. Great uh, Crazy Eagle. I know, he's a 120. There's one who's a 10k cheaper. He's one of the oh, new ones. Rotten Rick Bupkiss. Bupkus. Oh, the zombie with dirty uh, player. Okay. Excellent. Damn yeah, because I was—I okay. thought I thought it was wrong, but it's right because I kept thinking again. All the ones I was thinking of were with secret weapons. I do. I, I was. I, I will admit, I'm not encyclopedic knowledge of the. Yes, new I know. We're also we're out of date. I am as well. I'm like, who even is this guy? Zombie Ron Rick. They never heard of him. Okay, let's go for more expensive ones, and this one is a classic. Which player? Um, which is the most expensive star player without block? Who does not have block? Ooh. Dave. Matt. Is it, it Ramsey? It is Ramsey. Correct. A 360k for the privilege of my days. Yeah, I, not th- that's it. why you that's why that's why you never see Ramsey. <laughs> We've only got a couple more questions now so we'll race through them because I know we're getting on for a bit of time. Uh, probabilities. Let's rank these events. Rank mm. these events from the most likely to happen to the least likely to happen. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um a mis- a mystery player is dodging into a tackle zone. If he wants to succeed in this role, assuming all his stats are normal and all skills are normal, which of these is the most likely, which is the midden, and which is the least likely? We have a halfling, a high elf catcher, and a human catcher. Awuga. Naz. So the most likely would be the halfling. The second most likely would be, you said an elf lineman? I'm not going to repeat the question now you've buzzed in. The elf and then the human catcher. Incorrect. Matt. I believe it is the halfling and then the human catcher and then the half. Absolutely right. It's a human catcher. Which high elf position was it? Catcher. Doesn't make a difference. They don't have dodge. They don't have dodge. It's the fact the human catcher has dodge. He's got a one in four chance to a a one in four chance of failing as opposed to a high elf catcher who's got a one in three chance of failing. Three up with a re-roll. No, four up with a re-roll is better than a three up without one. Make sense? That's, that sounds very unconvincing. <laughs> so, wait, four up with a re-roll is better than a three up without a re-roll. Correct. So when I said halfling, elf, human... Mm-hmm. You were wrong. Oh, crap. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I was wrong, but I had the right reason in my head. You were so almost get, there. like, a moral point? You know what? Your, your, reasoning, your reasoning was sort of... I'm going, to, I'm going to temporarily reinstate the point I took away from you earlier. Out of pity. There you go. Yay. <laughs> Master winning. Okay, so here's the next one here. So uh, let me... Hold on a sec. Which of these... Um, yeah, I'm just going to make sure I read this one right. Because like I said, it's been translated a couple of times around. So I've got to make sure I get this correct. Of these events, which is the most likely to result in a turnover? A Skaven Blitzer blocking an ogre. Two die pill. A Wood Elf Lineman picking up a ball and making a quick pass to a war dancer, and a minotaur picking up the ball from the ground in no tackle zones. So the three options, I'll read them out again quickly for you. A Skaven Blitzer blocking an ogre, or a Wood Elf Lyman picking up the ball and making a quick pass to a war dancer, or a minotaur attempting to pick up the ball. Which is the most likely Dave. to cause a turnover? Okay, yep, go for it. Uh, so most likely to cause turnover, Minotaur. 
followed by Skaven Blitzer, followed by the Elf passing play. Interesting, interesting. It's incorrect, however. And there's a reason why, which you're going to kick yourself for. Nazgob. It, okay. Uh, so the Skaven Blitzer was blocking an ogre. Correct, he was. Uh, so... That's not gonna. So I was thinking about wild animal, but wild animal wouldn't affect the turnover because it would just mean that he wouldn't do anything. Yeah, I think that's why I've got. That's the right. That's it. Wouldn't, it wouldn't. So you're less likely to even have the opportunity to try and pick it up. So you're less likely to fail overall by rolling the wild animal. Oh, that's that's an in, yeah. Okay, that's not what I thought at all. Okay, so in that case. The Minotaur attempting to pick up the ball is actually relatively safe because he's not he's only going to fail 50, to pick 50, up the ball plus. one in four. Oh, I don't know what that means. Okay, so Skaven Blitzer and then Elf and then Minotaur? That doesn't sound right. No, Minotaur then Elf. Okay. Blitzer, Minotaur, Elf. Um wrong. So the, the one that is most likely to cause What's... a turnover is the Wood Elf. Because you've got three two up rolls in a row. It gives you a forty two percent chance of failing at some point. Did you know in terms of statistics? Oh, I wasn't thinking about the catch. Picking up, throwing, catching. Yeah, it's, then it's the Skaven, yeah. who's only got a 30% chance of failing, because he's got uh, that's to get a skull. And then the Minotaur, yeah, yeah only has a 25% fi- chance. Because as you say, he's got 50% chance of doing fuck all anyway, and then he's got 50% chance of failing the pickup. So actually, in terms of turnover prevention, it's the safest action. Weird, isn't it? <laughs> I'll remind you of that next time you use a Minotaur in a game. I have, su- I have succeeded in picking up the balls of Minotaurs more often than I've failed. Because, yeah, anyway. Okay, last one. Yeah, you. This, now, this one's yeah. going to get. I'm reading this one here. If your brain hasn't melted by now, it's going to melt now. Okay, so here are the three events. Um, so, which of these is the most likely? Okay, so of all these events, which is the most likely? Order them in most likely. Um. Actually, instead of ordering it, just pick the one which is the most likely. That'll be more interesting. First event. A Chaos Packed Minotaur picks up the ball and makes a long pass to a troll that runs five squares and scores a touchdown. Jesus. Feels like a maths problem in school, doesn't it? I have six apples. Oh, it hurts my head. Number two. Sorry, can you? Sorry, can I get that one again, Alex? A Chaos Packed Minotaur picks up the ball and makes a long pass to a troll that runs five squares and scores a touchdown. What are the odds of that happening? Is it high? Is it low? Okay, yeah. Second. Uh, can I ask a question? Of course you can. Is the troll in the tackle zone of a player without really stupid? He is not. He is by himself. Okay. Okay, yeah. A goblin blocks a tree man, and the tree man subsequently gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> That's sure oh, what killed. killed. Oh, killed. That's killed. interesting. Um, okay. And the, set, the third yeah. and final one is, with equal fans, on the first kickoff of the game, you roll through a rock, and your only war dancer with agility five dies. What are the odds <laughs> of, on the first kickoff of the game, with equal fans, you roll through a rock, and your only war dancer with agility five dies? So which of those three is the most likely? You've got the Chaos Pack Minotaur making a heroic pass to a troll. You've got a goblin blocking a tree man and killing him. And you've got your one and only Star Wars dancer dying on a throw rock on the first uh, event of the game with equal fans. I mean, that is 
a horrendous sequence of events. I mean, it's it, to be fair, it's going to be it's going to be a guess. Whatever Number three do. happened so to I'm me gonna... actually against someone in the World Cup. Their leader got killed on the first turn by a rock. It was brilliant. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, I've I think when I was at foul ball, um, my my troll got uh, got KO'd by a thrown lock in turn one. Uh, and then Glart died. Uh, <laughs> he sounded so well. sad when he so said that. that. And then Glart died. <laughs> yeah, Glart, Glart also died in exact. Yeah, as soon as turn one started. Um, I'm going to take a guess, which is going to be a very much a guess. So is it, sorry, uh, most likely succeed, to yes. succeed, mm-hmm. was it? Uh, I'm going to say the the chaos passing play. You are correct. Yeah, I was going to agree with that. And I believe that the least likely to succeed would be the goblin killing the tree man. It's three dice uphill, then you've got to get yeah. an 11. Then you've got to get another 11. Uh, no, 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 sorry, sorry, wait, wrong way round. So we had uh, is the throw a rock is the least likely to happen. Yes, so... Th- 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 yeah, because throw a rock is uh, effectively 2 and 11 on the kickoff table, 1 in 11 for it to be that particular player. Yeah. And then ten plus to actually kill him exactly. effectively, and then on the couch. So, so it's yeah. It's, so the throw a rock is one in eighteen, one in eleven, one in, one in eighteen, load. and because because it's got to be one eighteen because you've got to roll eleven twice because you've got to roll eleven to get the plus edge, and then you've got to roll eleven to get the plus uh, to to get the throw a rock, and you've got to get the uh, yeah. It's horrendous that one. So. The actual statistics, if you like them, uh, the, the the chaos passing play has a relatively yeah, yeah. safe zero point three eight percent chance of success. So that's a a, <laughs> a one in what four hundred or something for two hundred. I can't remember. Um, the goblin blocking the tree man will succeed zero point zero zero six percent of the time. So that's one in every what something thousand, thirty thousand, hundred thousand, something like that. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the kick the rock killing your only tree man with equal fans has a whopping 0.0008% chance of success, which means it'll happen probably once every million games or something. But of course, it's not one million games that'll happen. It's one million where you say, this is going to happen now, and then you roll those dice and it does happen. Which is very different. So, so for me, those odds are about once. Yes. Tournament. Yeah. For Matt, yes. you, you extrapolate these; <laughs> they expand exponentially. Okay, we've got two, uh, three more rounds, but I'll fly through them. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give you a scenario Sorry, here. Oh. I didn't understand. Excuse me, Google. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Google! I, I, I absolutely am on side at this point. Yeah. I love. I, I, um, I use it for such stupid things. I imagine people had them and they thought, okay, this will be changing people's lives for the better and I, earlier I asked Google to remind me to buy a buckle that's what I used it for today because a buckle on my bag <laughs> broke like Google please let me buy remind me to buy a buckle and it went okay you know brain the size of a planet and you're making me buy buckles so <laughs> you have a player standing on the sideline and another player is blitzing them right now and has just rolled a push oh my god will the defending player get surfed yes or no in these situations number one god. Grim Ironjaw is blitzing Helmet Wolf. Awuga. Naz. Yes. No, no, he will not because Helmet no. Wolf has sidestep. I'm sorry, he has to take a <laughs> oh, I do, on. I'm afraid. You're incorrect oh. because uh, Helmet Wolf has stand firm. Yes, stand firm, not sidestep. Uh, okay. Question number two. Glart Smashrip Senior is blitzing Bogalante. 
Yes. I didn't hear a buzzer. Awuga. Dave. <laughs> you came in first my yes. <laughs> Correct. Hang <laughs> <laughs> Alex, can I just check that I got the point for the last answer, which Naz got wrong? Um, well, see, here's the thing. You buzz in, you get a guess. If you get it wrong, we move to the next question. There's no opportunity to get the point. Oh, it's like that, is it? Okay, so, fine. <laughs> Look, I've been giving and taking points quite liberally here. Somehow you guys are on exactly the same <laughs> point, so I'm going to leave it as it is. Um, Bocalanti has sidestep, but of course, Glass, Glass Smasher Senior has got grab. Can't use grab on a blitz unless you're pushing somebody with sidestep. Okay. Ivan the Animal Death Shroud, blitzing Deep Root Strong Branch. Awuga? Naz? I think he's got Juggernaut. <laughs> so is that a yes or a no? So yes. Correct, he has got Juggernaut. Number four. Roxana Darknell blitzes Count Luther von Drakenborg. Dave? Matt. No? Correct. Awuga. Matt's correct. She has Juggernaut, but sidestep don't care for Juggernaut, does it? Oh, he's got sidestep. Count Luther's got sidestep. He does. Yeah, fair point. He does, he does. All right, then. Uh... That's it for the for the surf up ones. Nearly there, nearly there, boys. Your points are neck and neck. You are on seven <gasps> points each. How very exciting! There is one, two, three, four, five, six more questions, but they're quite quick. Which this is fluff questions. Which team's cheerleading squad has the following chant? Have you thought how bad luck always comes in threes? First your face, then your arm. Whoops! There go your knees. <laughs> no, but I like it. See, this is I like it as I, well. Yeah, it sounds great. Ash, like, just uh, you want to guess or something? A Go on then. Dark side cowboys. Correct. Yay! I was, I was going to guess exactly that. <laughs> have you thought? Have Have you? I think it's the way that the the capital letters looks like it should go. Have you thought? How bad luck always comes in threes. First, your face. Then your arms. Whoops! There go your knees. That's how it's meant to be said, I think. They are they they, they are elves, so you know they do their chance in <laughs> or at least in four part harmony. <laughs> well, true, yeah. Which yeah. three star players, according to the Blood Bowl companion, are the most well paid? One point for getting uh, one point uh, for each. Awuga. Naz. Awuga. Do you want me to name all three, or do I just name one? Do one. Uh, well, the mighty Zuck. Incorrect. Sorry, mate. Of course it is. Because <laughs> Matt, that's not who I was thinking. <laughs> you were thinking of someone else, weren't you? Matt, I do you want to go for any guesses? <laughs> uh, Griff Uber. Correct. Any more? Any more? Anybody? Buzz in if you know it. Awuga. Oh, Morgan Thorpe. Dave. Naz. Morgan Thorpe. Correct. Was, I was thinking of to begin with. <laughs> I love how you were like, it's obviously <laughs> the Mighty Zuck. <laughs> it obviously isn't. <laughs> obviously the Mighty Zuck. Who's clearly? the third one? Oh. Who's the third one? Dave. Matt, go. Jordan Fresh, please. Almost. It's actually. Do you want to guess, Naz, before I close it off? Oh, uh, yes, I do. Awuga, I believe it's going to be uh, Rakath. You are so close. In fact, you're so close, you're Pitch correct. It is Hubert Rakath. <laughs> <laughs> it is Rakath. Good. Uh, yes. Uh, so. Oh, wow, Matt. I'm afraid Naz is beating you by two points. We've got one, two, three, four questions. You can still do it. You can still do it. I might take away Naz's pity point from earlier. Now I'll keep. I was going to say, it. Matt. I'm not sure this is deserved. Okay. Right, yeah. You can do care. it. <laughs> this one is about big chunky monkeys. Norse um, have changed a couple of times since they were introduced. 
in their history they've had access to three separate big guys. You get me a point if you can tell me all three of them. Matt Dave. Go. Uh, so Correct. Yeti. Minotaur. Correct. Oh, Snow you've Queen. got all three. Beautiful oh, work. Okay. Absolutely My beautiful. My guess would have been right. I didn't know the Minotaur. Uh, my guess would have been wrong because I had no idea. Which positionals um, have the of the standard positionals? That is none of the none of the fancy bubbly bubbly star players. I, you get a point if you can tell me um, if you can give me uh, either or um, or both. Sorry, one of each. Have the highest and lowest natural strength stat. Uh, Wooga Naz. Uh, so uh, so snotling. Otherwise known as a nobler, I'll give you the point. If you can give me the highest strength, I mean, a snotling is a snotling as opposed uh, based on the most recent Spike magazine. That's true, actually. Okay, fine. Granted, and the highest strength. And (laughs) so the trouble here, I'm going to go with Tree Man. I think that's probably the best answer. Okay, incorrect, Matt. You've you've got snotling Um, already. Sorry, do I at least get snotling? So, 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 was it that was highest, it the highest? Yes. You need yeah. a point for both. You get one point for giving correct. Oh, I would have, I yes, Fnatic. I would have also Fnatic. accepted Fnatic. Oh, god, boys, it's neck and neck. Them. Two more questions. What are, and it, I, you have to buzz in, you've got to say it straight away. I'm not going to have any mucking around, buzzing in, thinking about it. What are Morgan Thord's stats? Aruga. Oh, go for it, Naz. Quick, quick. Six, six. Three ten. Correct. Oh my goodness me! We are on the last. Question. I nearly went six three three ten. I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is the highest and the lowest strength characteristic a Blood Bowl player can achieve? Oh, Wooga. Oh, Naz. Well, I don't think you can go below one because if you get to zero, you're dead. Uh, and I assume a tree man could get to strength eight. Oh, but then I suppose I'm going to go nine. I'll go nine. Oh, it's correct. Ta-da! Because a death roller can get to nine. Yes, you could give a fanatic or a death roller plus strength twice if you really wanted to. Why would you do that? And of course, it's not like a strength one. And you, as you're right, you cannot lower stat below one. And strength cannot rise above nine. So if you had like potions or whatever, it's uh, it's not allowed. There we go. Would you try and have a strength nine player? That's I mean, so it's almost exclusively terrible. Strength nine, strength nine player is, I kind of yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. And the uh, of having a strength so nine player the, is technically pretty. The good. final scores then is very close, at ten twelve to Nazgob. Uh, I reckon though that was a really Ooh. good quiz. Yeah, I enjoyed. That. I liked that because it had a bit of everything, and not just because I won. <laughs> so um, <laughs> thank you. Alfred, for sending these questions in. Folks at home, contact us on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, and send us questions if you want us to use them. We almost always will, because we've made enough of these quizzes now. I can't be bothered to make any more. Um, we are lazy. And, uh, yeah. And uh, we'll feature them. And that was good. I enjoyed that. I hope you guys did too. Congratulations to Naz. Commiserations to Matt. But, I mean, you know, I, he, I'm sure he cheated, so don't worry about it too much. Just look at him. Oh, I, and, and, undoubtedly. But he did yeah, bribe me, so mm, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? A bit, well, what you mean is my bribe wasn't large. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Sorry, did it not come out right? <laughs> so, um, to summarise then, the book group 
uh, is going to be reading No No Fear. So make sure you do check that out. It's by Dan Abnett. Uh, we have a few Kickstarters I want to actually talk about because I forgot to mention them. Uh, we have got a Kickstarter by our good friend Duncan Holman, who is doing a frankly enormous Kickstarter, which is all about Blood Bowl tokens, dice, cards. There's so much stuff you can get out there. So I highly recommend checking it out. It's uh, I'll remember to put a link in the description. Uh, it might be on um, it might be on Indiegogo. It's one of those ones. But it's it's one of those ones where you get absolutely fucking shitloads of dice and cards or whatever. And what you get a D16 casualty dice, which is compatible with the new version of Blood Bowl. And I don't think I've ever seen a custom D16 before, which is pretty cool. So check it out. Um, do does anyone know if Thor's Kickstarter is still going? Uh, I believe it is still going. Just I'm going to quickly check it out now before I. Uh, I can I can confirm that for you. So he has. Uh, so it's not it's uh, not just Thor. It is Black Wolf Studios presenting the Serial Killers. Uh, oh, unfortunately, no, it is not still going. But do keep an eye out because I think that is likely to come back again. Uh, that was temporarily paused by the creator. Uh, but basically, this is a corn team uh, where you have corn on the cob, you have popped <laughs> corn, you have uh, kernels of corn. Basically, it's corn, but corn. There's a corn flakes or what as well, and a corn dog. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yes, oh, so that's been temporarily paused. But keep an eye on, search for Black Wolf Studios on Facebook and uh, you'll be able to see what's going on with them and their projects. And hopefully they're launching it soon. And uh, that'll be that'll be awesome. Okay. Oh, lastly, did you know, folks at home, Anything But One podcast has turned five years old? Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Yay. It actually happened on the 8th, but I forgot. <laughs> So uh, I'm remembering it now. Yeah, but, but but obviously we are recording on the eighth. Yeah, that's what I meant. So today being the eighth of October. Um, <laughs> though hold on, wait. The Blood Bowl 2020 yeah. stuff came out after the eighth. So how do we? Oh, we used our internal contacts ah to learn about all this stuff. That's how we knew about all that before. Yes, this could work. Uh, our our secret secret contacts. Uh, yeah. But we have turned five years old, and just want to say thanks to everybody for listening to us. It's been a great five years. Um, we have. I listened back to the first episode today, uh, or the other day, and I remembered how far we've come. <laughs> Shall we say? And do you regret your choices? Well, before it's like, humans, and then all the wishy-washy sounds and all the. Oh god, it was terrible. But I like to think it had a sort of rural charm, which we've now deleted. Now we are corporate. Uh, no, corporate nobodies who who do it all digital and whatever high quality mics. Speak for yourself. I'm basically an Exmoor. I have buckets of rural charm. Well, there is that. <laughs> but no, thank you very much. Um, have you guys enjoyed being on the podcast so far? Absolutely. I have gotten to play a lot of fumble. Oh, I'm I'm very happy for you. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I've played a game tonight. And Matt's been here since the beginning. So so what do you what do you think? How's it been? last five years uh oh it's it's been great yeah um yeah it, it's been great so i'm i'm distracted because obviously i lost blood blusters um and i'm pouring over an attic magazine issue three which has a whole article on the rivalry between jordel fresh breeze and hubert oh, nice. <laughs> which is why i answered jordel because it fucking says <laughs> in there that they have the same wage ah but according to so, the blood Bowl companion yeah it's slightly different. Fuck the Blood Bowl <laughs> companion. 
Um, well, Poor Matt. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. And it's strange thinking back to all the people who who have been hosts, temporary or otherwise, on the podcast. We've had a lot of random people on here as well. Like we've had guests from we've had well we had Torsten for the World Cup. We had some of the Orca Cola guys. Yeah. We've had uh, the chap from Rebel. He was lovely. We've had. Um, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we've had uh, Mate Bob from MML on here. London. Uh, we had Thunder on, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, and all yeah. the interviews we've done with the various people. We've had, uh, of course, the old hosts, Merrick. Oh, God, but not forgotten. Uh, we had Knightley, which I haven't spoken to him in a while. I hope he's doing all right, Francis. If you still listen, I hope he's still okay. Um, Dave, Hung Donkeyman Dave, of course, classic. We had Andy for a while. We've had all sorts of people on this podcast, haven't we? Hasn't it been crazy? We've had all, all sorts of randos. Yeah. Oh, I get all, I get a bit nostalgic sometimes thinking about the good old days and yeah. Mm. Uh, Come a long, come a long way since that day in the Duke where we were like, "Hey, we should do a podcast," and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds." We fun were going to be called that. the Bubbercast for a while, weren't we? We and were for a bit. It yeah. might have been you, and I, I. Somebody said, "Cool, they're rolling a dice for a game, anything but a one," and I was like, "That is the name. That right there is the name." I. Th- yeah, I, I assume I, it was Matt, and oh, that he then rolled a one. Almost certainly, you, you've met Matt, haven't you? I say I yeah. To be fair, I do I do say yeah. that a lot. That to be fair, that that might even have come up in the first game of Blood Bowl we ever played. I'm trying to remember. The, Probably. I can't remember the first game you and I ever played. Was it in in uh, Bubble Bowl? Yeah. Uh, well, I think I. You might be training me before initially, that. Well, I think I initially taught you in the Duke, but then we met like a few months later at Bubble Bowl. Uh, yeah, I think it was the first game of maybe Bubble Bot. It was the one in the yeah. In the oh, that's brilliant. I remember my first game with you, Naz, very well. Do you remember it? Oh God! It was at Gert Bowl. Uh, did it involve slam? No, that's my favourite one. I have to admit, um, it was. I, I remember this very well because it was my pro elves versus your orcs, and it was game six, and we hugged it out afterwards, despite having never met each other before, because it was such a close game. It ended up two all, and I distinctly remember the last turn because you had to basically, it was two all, and you were about to go in for three two, and if you were able to successfully pick up the ball, make a quick pass, and catch it on a three, you would have won the game. But instead, you picked it up, made a quick pass, and you fumbled the catch, and that's how the game ended. Oof, because you know that's always going to be a thing. And flub. You had a chainsaw. I remember it well. Ah, oh, chainsaws are great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I thought this guy seems all right, and then that was it. And then the, the now I'm stuck with both of you. Sadly, so. Yeah. <laughs> but we are we are looking to. Do you know, I think you stopped me having a winning record at that tournament. <laughs> you didn't stop me. Anyway, so if we. <laughs> oh no, no, no! It wasn't that bad because I pummeled. 20p and Lycos, so that was oh, all good. Fair enough, then. Oh, and, and some ogres. <laughs> I remember, that tournament was brilliant. I played Merrick at that tournament for the first time as well. And um, he was playing Kemri and I was playing Pro Elves. And I got two blitzes on him in like the first turn, the first couple of turns. So I was like 2-0 up on turn three. It was funny. It was silly. But that was a hell of a tournament. And it was only one blitz, but I'd scored on his turn, on my turn one, I think. <laughs> oh, revolting. I, on, when he was receiving, obviously. But, but, um, thank you both. I earnestly 
mean that. Thank you to all the previous hosts, all the previous guests, and everybody who's ever listened to any episode. And I hope you've enjoyed it. The whole reason we do this is for fun. We don't do sponsorships. We don't do um, links with you know affiliations with with companies. We don't we don't cater to Games Workshop. We we are completely independent. We don't do this for cash. We do have a Patreon. It's there for like for for website costs and all that sort of bollocks. But we know it's it's completely optional, and I might even cancel it because we 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 don't need anything else anymore. We're we're perfectly happy with what we got. Um, but the the point reason we do this is to make people smile, to kind of give a little bit of fun, and I hope we have been successful over these past five years and seventy five episodes. Fucking hell, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, it's been a long yes, time. But what we want to do uh, is potentially we're thinking for a like special one-off five-year anniversary episode which could have been this one but i didn't realize the time is to do a live google hangout style episode where i will record it um we will all be online at a certain time i'll advertise it way in advance um and then you can just come in join listen if you want and if you've got anything you want to say you know click a button to bring you into chat for a bit it's just a sort of well a hanging out episode i suppose we'll just we'll shoot the shit about all of it maybe even i shall do a huge massive blood blusters quiz live and the idea is everybody competes and we'll see who can uh, see who can come out on top it'll be like a trust thing obviously you could just google it on your computer but that's not fun is it <laughs> and it'd be fun if we could get you know a couple couple like 10 people maybe even more or whatever or we're competing for a, a live blood blusters quiz and you could be the the five year anything but one blood blusters champion of champions so that's what we're thinking of doing we the short version is we will do a thing yes let me know if that sounds interesting because i won't do it if no yeah, bugger so, turns some, up. something will something will happen <laughs> That I can promise you, a thing will happen. Eh, right then. So we talked about Fumble, we talked about Eurobowl, we talked about Secret League, we talked about Troll Slayer, we talked about Blood Bowl 2020, we did a Bloodbusters. And I'm fucking tired, so I'm going to go to bed. Thank you for listening. We have been the infinite, the never-ending, the always here, anything but a one. What could go wrong? Nice. Ah.